McGruff is real. They know who he is. He's a goddamn snitch. Because <laughs> they know he doesn't sound like that. He's hurt like this. Okay, kids. Don't do drugs or you'll hear me talking to you. Actually, that was me, kids, back when I was on drugs. <laughs> I cleaned up my act. Just don't follow my example. Uh,. The more you're rough. <laughs> Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. Uh-huh. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we gotcha. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop sock. Hello, and welcome to Pop Saga, where we will be discussing a great many things about Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, written and directed by George Lucas. Starring Natalie Portman, Liam Neeson, Ian McGregor, Jake Lloyd, Ian McDermott, my personal favorite, and most importantly, Oliver Ford Davies as C.O. Bibble. I am one half of your pop sagas, Darth Johnius, and I am joined by Cyforce Diaz. Cyforce, <laughs> how's your Metachlorian count today? Uh, what do I sound like? <laughs> I think you sound like this. Of course. <laughs> well, my Metachlorian count is a little lukey, a little lukewarm. Uh, I scraped my little, I got a boo-boo on my arm, and I, I stuck a, shik, a big shit <laughs> eraser in there. And, uh, well, I just cannot get past that, that word. That, um, uh, the big Lady Shaver Razor is my, uh, Darth Maul. I, I thought you were going to say kryptonite, but way to stay on brand. I, yeah. <laughs> I brand. appreciate it. Yes, Cyphorus Diaz, the Jedi who could kind of see into the future, but not really. He... <laughs> he, he only really in right ten years. Hands. Yeah, only like ten years stints. Can I open up a cider for this one? Ah, oh, yep. it went everywhere. <laughs> so that's what you get. That's what I get. Uh, well, but uh, yeah, how excited are you to talk about uh, Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean that's actually a more of an a ringing endorsement than I was expecting, but um yeah. <laughs> Episode <laughs> 1. So, uh a little background. I uh suggested this one um mostly because I'm I'm missing the fact that there uh isn't a Star Wars out there right now. I mean there is there's great Star Wars on on streaming um right now, but no big Star Wars movie. I mean, it's not like there was one that was planned to come out this year. Uh, but I'm already missing it after the 
conclusion of the uh, Skywalker saga. Um, so I thought it's December, and while that's maybe not the traditional time for a Star Wars release, uh, in recent years it has become that. And so uh, I thought it might be fun to, to talk about the Star Wars movies, and let's start at the start. Yeah, best place to start is at the beginning. Yeah, not in the theatrical release order, mind you, but in um in in the author and creator's intended uh order of chapters. This is the first chapter. Yeah, I I I, I was okay with this. Better to start with this one and then kind of work your way through than just kind of start cherry picking which ones maybe you favor a little bit more yeah. and then you know just keep trying to put off the ones that you don't want to talk about yeah, like, I mean, oh well we've talked about like the the six that we'd want to talk about um well when we're doing phantom minutes we'll do it you know next week <laughs> sometimes uh, you gotta eat your broccoli you know you gotta eat yeah, your broccoli exactly. first yeah um, not to say this is this is broccoli, but John, close. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to you to give away your your list, your entirety of your list, how you rank these Star mm-hmm. Warsies. Um, but since we're talking about it today, the Phantom Menace, why don't you tell me where that is in your list of nine movies? We're not counting the. The Star Wars stories, just the core nine films. Phantom Menace is eight for me on my list. Right, so that's second to last. Yeah, yeah. If we were, you know, one being, you know, hey, number one, yeah. And nine being, well, you did something. This one would be eight. Eh, you did something better than the ninth one. Yeah, that's what this would be. Yeah, for me, I think this one is number seven. Lucky number seven. Uh, wow, it is the uh, you know I, this is giving it away, obviously, but it is the 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 top of the prequel trilogy for me personally. Um, Ooh. Ooh, okay. It's a I bold know, move, like, Cotton. Interesting to see how this plays out, but all right. Yeah, I mean, to me, so I think at the time, if you if you knew me at the time, if you went to these movies with me, which maybe some of you out there have uh, did, who are listening right now, um, you would probably see that I, at least what I said at the time was like, that the, obviously the third one was the, the best one. Um, and, uh, but since then, you know, as I rewatch them, which I do every, you know, uh, couple of years, I always give them a, another try because I wasn't the the biggest supporter of these movies, but uh, I try to go back and see them with fresh eyes, especially as so many people who were kids back then are growing up and they're, you know, uh, they're really huge prequel fans because that's their Star Wars. I try to give it another shot. Um, but... Uh, you know, I, I I started to appreciate this this movie, The Phantom Menace, as really the the purest distillation of uh, what George Lucas would do 
if he was given a huge budget and just left to do whatever he wanted to do. Um, because this is before any of the, um, any of the, uh, my, sorry, my dog is really snoring weird. Your dog is Shut in up, it today. Um, is in it. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it, it felt like his purest vision, uh, before, you know, all, all the criticism and all the changes that were sort of implemented. And I think in response to some of that, um, I think this is like pure uncut Colombian Lucas. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I think for that, I really appreciate it. Um, because I don't, as far as like my enjoyment goes, I don't really like watching any of these movies. Spoiler alert. Um, but Phantom Menace is the one I can watch (laughs) over and over again. How many times did you see it when, when you saw it in the, in the theaters? Uh, when it first came out, I must've seen it about five times in the theater, four times that I remember for sure. Yeah, but I feel like there's a little bit six. more. Yeah. So I think I think we're we're pretty even Stevens there. Like, how hyped were you for this movie after that trailer? That's got to be one of the better trailers uh, ever, maybe. Oh, it is a fantastic trailer. So much so that I watched it the other day in preparation for this, just to see if it was like as I remembered, and it was. And I was like, damn, that was a good. That would have been a good movie. And then the rest of it filled in the trailer. And I was like, oh, oh, shit. Um, So I remember rushing home, putting in my VCR, putting in a blank tape, and recording Entertainment Tonight, because that's where the world premiere of the Phantom Menace trailer happened. At the time, I was collecting issues of uh, Star Wars Insider, so I was getting all the pictures, like... This is when I was looking for any bit of information possible. So, like, when that trailer dropped, and I was just like, oh, fuck, that mist planet. What's that mist planet? Oh, they're on animals. Oh, shit. Oh, what's that chrome shipped in, in the desert? That looks cool. Oh, fuck, that dude's got a red face. It's a Sith. It's a Sith. It's a Sith. I was so hyped. Darth Maul fucking double-bladed lightsaber. My brain fucking exploded all over my room. And I had to change my pants. That's how fucking excited I was for this goddamn. <laughs> no, like no hyperbole here. Yeah, uh, I, I was, I was literally like at eleven. I was like, this movie's gonna be pretty good. Like, it's probably gonna be. I don't know. It might be Empire for me because it looks amazing, right? I didn't care about like you know. I was like, oh, little fucking Anakin, sure, whatever, who cares? Look at Obi-Wan, oh, it's so, who's that? Who's Liam Neeson gonna be? Like, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Beyond hyped. Beyond hyped. Like, like there's, they're hyped squared, easily. Yeah. So I think I, I don't, I remember, you know, I don't remember the details, but I do remember, like, downloading a a version of this uh, trailer on the internet in a really sort of like cumbersome way like they released this code or link that you would download a quick time and it like took forever and then it was finally 
or like you know, you'd watch five seconds of it and then it would have to buffer and you'd watch five more seconds and it would have to buffer. I remember it just being this very like cumbersome old web uh problem to try to get this trailer to play, but once it did, you know, you watched it a thousand times because it uh you know, Star Wars hadn't been a, a thing for over a decade, two almost at that point. Yeah, almost. Like Almost. even, yeah, even ignoring the re-releases and stuff like that, it's been it, Star Wars was a dead and gone, really. Except if you were a fan of the books, and you know we have a lot to thank Timothy Zahn for his uh, Thrawn trilogy to actually revitalizing people's interest in Star Wars because he wrote them so well. So like to actually have a Star Wars movie coming out. Uh, it was like there was nothing like I wouldn't have done to see it. Uh, you know, like I, I went to the uh, the Toys R Us when they were having the midnight, like opening the store to go buy all the toys and shit like that. I was buying, you know, bought Darth Maul's lightsaber. I was buying a bunch of shit. I was like, yeah, this ship's cool. And, you know, I was like, I don't even know what this is, you know, <laughs> like, but I bet it's going to be great. Yeah, it's like Rick Ollie. Oh, dude, he's going to be like fucking Han Solo. Look at him. You know what I mean? Like, I was. I had that same thought. Right? When you saw him, you were just like, oh, oh, this dude looks like kind of like like a a Neo Flash Gordon. Like, he looks badass. He's going to be through all these movies. I got to know all these people. There's got to be a pilot, right? A cool pilot. Yeah, yeah, then you see him I mean, and you're just like, we that, there. yeah, you know, like there is, there is nothing you're like, oh shit, you know, like, let's go, let's go. Yeah. So we were primed. We were ready to go. I waited in line just for the tickets. Like the movie wasn't even out yet. I waited in line for the tickets for like, I think four or five hours and like the line was all the way around the block, and of course I didn't get one of like the midnight shows; those sold out right away. But I just counted myself lucky to get the tickets, and it was like no big deal. Yeah, I remember I brought my R two D two Tamagotchi along with me. Oh shit! And uh, I ran into to one of my because I was a senior in high school when this movie came out. Uh, not to date me, but I mean, <laughs> if you've listened to any of my refer- references, you can you know how. Uh, decrepit I am um, but uh, I mean like I brought this Tamagotchi along ran into a a, a child of, of one of my teachers he borrowed it killed it gave it back to me. I remember fucker. being like uh, R2 no beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. I had the Yoda Tamagotchi so don't feel so bad yeah, yeah. so we were both both there and uh we were yeah, two then, dudes in decrepitude i guess yep <laughs> yep i guess we're <laughs> two dudes in decrepitude tm <laughs> stay See tuned for our, our uh, twitch channel launching soon two dudes <laughs> in, in de- decrepitude we See like the ride falling apart on camera do you want to know what swollen wrists look like Look no further. <laughs> Look in John's light. He's got swollen <laughs> wrist. Playing shit very poorly. 
Anyway. <laughs> Too old to be playing Pokemon. Too bad. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I waited in line for tickets, and then I also waited in line just to get into the theater. Um, now yep. I enjoy... Uh, I enjoy the benefit of uh, assigned seating, which is just the best thing to ever happen to the theater going experience. But back then, it was wait in line for tickets, wait in line to make sure you didn't sit in the aisle. Yeah, exactly. You needed like a primo spot. Um, If you knew the theater you were going to, you knew exactly where the good seats were, where the shitty seats were. Yeah, Um, where the, the, the sound hit you just right. Yeah, and, you, and I saw like, it. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's like, and you know, in like, if you were like a, a movie going buff, you knew that like Lucas was gonna bring the sound. Like, I mean, he oh, had yeah. THX, so you were like, if you knew, you'd look for theaters that were TA, THX certified. Yeah, like you were looking for that. There was a story in the paper about the theater that it was going to premiere at. And, you know, it's like, oh, Lucasfilm came through and, and personally selected the theaters that would that would show the premiere of Phantom Menace. And, and uh, the one that showed it where near where I grew up was uh, in San Luis Obispo, California. And it was called the Fremont Theater, I believe. <laughs> but it was uh, one of those old style single screen um uh, art deco theaters with uh, you know the sculpting around the screen and the ornate roof it looked like an opera house um, but it was one of those classic California art deco movie theaters and really a great place to watch this movie I think it's I think it's where I saw the entire um, uh, original or the prequel trilogy no that's awesome yeah, like I said, I saw mine up in Novato. Uh, my friend Jesse, his uh, mom, was taking her class, like her like college kids, because she is a professor, and taking them all to go see the movie. And he was like, hey, you want to go see Star Wars? I was like, yeah, because I couldn't get tickets to go see it at the Coronet. Um, like literally waited in line. And then was maybe about 40 people left when they just like sold out of all their day one tickets because I got there Oof. too late. So, um, yeah, that's where I saw it. So I didn't know the theater, but it was a nice theater. Like I said, right across the street from a, a KFC slash Taco Bell, one of the first uh, uh, Kotaku huts I've seen, you know, <laughs> back in the day. And yeah, the fucking, you know, the opening crawl. And I was just like, oh shit, you know? And then the movie happened yeah well i mean i think i don't know what the uh opening day crowd was like for you but for me people were just jazzed they were hyped to an insane degree so i don't think anyone was even thinking about what they were seeing really just every reference every cool part the crowd would just be uh roaring when I, Lucasfilm logo came up, roaring. When the oh Star yeah. Wars a long time ago, just like, and it didn't die down. The whole movie, even the parts with Jar Jar Binks, when something else cool had happened with it, he is not involved in. People would still cheer. 
Wow, you had a way different crowd than I did. Because mine was, like you, you heard. And you're like, oh, shit. And then you hear. And you're like, oh, my God. And the crawl is happening and everyone's excited. Then everyone shut the fuck up. And no one said, no one said anything throughout the film. Like it was so quiet. You could hear fart. You could hear fucking Adam West asking where Robin was like, (laughs) you know, like where's Robin? Where have they got Robin? (laughs) Like it was quiet, dude. And I get it, you know, like, I'm sure at the coronet it was popping off, but here everyone's just like, we are calm when we are watch our movies up here in Nevada. <laughs> and just no one said Let's anything. So no one was hyped, but I could tell you watching it, I was kind of going, oh, okay. Oh, 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 oh. I was definitely right. in denial. Mm-mm. Um... I recall watching it and just being like, oh, okay, I mean, that, that gave me the kind of, like, nervous, sort of, like, schadenfreude feeling, or or just the, like, when you feel embarrassed for somebody else, um, <laughs> sort of feeling. <laughs> it, it, it kind of triggered that in me, but I'm, I'm sure that's just, that's just, I mean, it's nothing, I'm sure. It's a, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's still, I mean, you saw those lightsabers, right? I mean, that's something. Whoa, whoa. Um... I definitely felt, I mean, I was there with you. I mean, I saw it six times, and that wasn't because I got dragged to see it. Like, I'll give you another example. I saw the movie Sleepy Hollow, like, five times. And not because I liked that movie. It's just because, like, different, I was in college, and different friend groups wanted to see it. And I just happened to be, like, involved every time that would happen. It's like, (laughs) like... I don't even like this movie. <laughs> hey, no, that, that's fair. That's fair. I saw Blade in theaters 12 times. Well, and, Blade is fantastic. That's well, it's a fantastic movie. Oranges. But there's a certain point where everyone was like, oh, dude, you gotta see Blade. And I was like, well, I've seen it already. It's like, well, come on. Let's go. I want. I, I haven't seen it yet. So I was like, okay. So I watched Blade with everyone I knew. You know, so that's how I come up. I'm like, you know. Some motherfuckers always try to ice skate uphill. It was like my favorite, you know, like, or I love coming around the corner, shocking somebody and be like, catch you fuckers at a bad time. It's a great movie. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you as far as just kind of like being orbitized and dragged into the movie going experience. Even when you're like, yeah, okay, I don't need to see it anymore. But like, but hey, that a free ticket me. was a free ticket. That wasn't me with Phantom Menace. I, I went and saw that willingly six times in the theater. Six times. Well, you had to. You had to confirm your suspicions because I know I had to confirm mine. Um, because you know, like halfway through, I was kind of going like, I got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Listen, you so gonna like this see, movie? See, and then that prop. Yeah, no, no. Like, I mean, we'll get into it as we discuss it. <laughs> what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, okay. Let's just, let's just dive in and talk, start talking about the movie. Um, unless yeah, there's anything it. you want to say about the 
the, your experience Let, leading. I think I think we've left yeah. it all on the field, but yeah, I think everyone knows we were beyond hyped for this. It was like I know I was. I know for I know Force. I know Force well enough. He was hyped for it too. There was nothing, no bit of information you didn't read, you didn't look up that you could find. Like if it yeah. was in Wizard magazine, you were reading Wizard. Like I said, Star Wars Insider. I was reading the shit. You know, I don't read magazines. Didn't read them back then, but that one was. Okay, so CO Bibble, huh? What's he going to do? Oh, I think I he's going to be like these names are these teams are kind of weird, but you know that's like it's just it's just because I I didn't grow up with it. I'm sure if I heard <laughs> if I heard Greedo now, I would be like, what's a what's Greedo, dumb? Yeah, you know, but you're like, oh, Captain Tarpels, huh? Let's go, Captain Tarples. Let's <laughs> like Tarples. this this guy, you know, you know, like. Oh, Rick, Jaja. Yeah, Rick Olling. Look at this dude. He looks badass. Look at how, you know, he looks all windswept. He's in front of the ship. <laughs> Obviously, he's important. Like, the hype levels were high. Coruscant. It's a whole planet. It's a city. Thank Thanks, you, really. Rick Exposition. <laughs> Thank you, Rick Exposition. Because that's what everyone wants in this fucking movie. Anyway. Um, anyway. So, yeah. But it. Yeah, so now you know it's uh it's John's second favorite prequel if we can if we can be chari- uh, charitable and it is my very favorite uh a prequel. But um so let's talk about that opening scene. Let's talk about the the whole word <laughs> I don't know why. We can talk about fl- the crawl, but let's let's talk about the whole the whole the whole thing, the whole shebang, the whole Nemodian well, kitten caboodle. I thought we were just going to talk about the opening crawl and just uh, dissect that for another hour. Because okay, yeah, let's do that. The f- the f- the it's about like you know it. You're off to a good start when the opening crawl that is supposed to sort of set the stage to the whole movie is talking about taxation and blockade trade blockades and the yeah. Senate. <laughs> trade disputes and you're like well i guess it's got to start somewhere and then you know like i always make fun of star trek or star trek next generations because to me that always felt like c-span in space but literally this opening crawl was c-span in space yeah and like also they they reveal this is an important point for later so the chancellor dispatches jedis to this uh, trade delegation to act as ambassadors on his behalf yet he does it in secret without the knowledge of the rest of the congress which would have solved everything that comes later uh so nice work chancellor valorum i don't feel bad for you even though you clearly were super depressed after <laughs> after uh being uh, voted out of your supreme chancellorship. Yeah. Oh, let, let me preface this real quick. Uh, uh, spoiler, spoilers. We understand the movie's over 20 years old at this point. But for those who haven't seen Phantom Menace, I don't blame you. But, <laughs> spoiler, spoilers. I refuse, I refuse to give a spoiler alert for something that came out in 1999. Nah, nah, we did that shit with something that was 35 years ago. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, but that was probably good. Yeah, fair, but still, I'm just, <laughs> like, we will be discussing the movie, I don't think we're gonna be 
Uh, I think we're going to talk about it in grand strokes um, because indeed we could discuss. Uh, we could dissect. Forrest and I could sit and dissect this movie uh, scene by scene for like twelve hours. Easy, easy, <laughs> easy. Like I like. I'm not kidding. I can go off for this fucking trade dispute thing for a good thirty minutes. I won't. But anyway. <laughs> People like to make fun of uh, The Rise of Skywalker for having a very corny opening crawl, which it does, but at least it gets what it's trying to be. The whole concept of the opening crawl is is like meant to be corny because it's based on like old corny stuff. It's but, based off old serials, like old yeah. Flash Gordon serials that would tell you the story. So you're like, okay, Flash Gordon's going to go save the day. And instead you're like, uh okay so um was this naboo place like doing something shady is that why there are trade disputes yeah. and then you know uh, not to skip ahead i'm sorry to interrupt but not yeah, to skip ahead but <laughs> later in the movie when the when captain typho is like that's his name right captain typho well, uh, tarpal not Tarpal. What is the captain of Queen Amidala's guard? Is Captain Tarpal oh, the, no, the, the next one? The next one. The one that's a lot a lot more secure in his role. No, yes. you're thinking of Captain Panaka. Right. Or, Sorry. Captain because it sounds like Banaka. You're right. Captain Yeah, all my notes have him as Banaka, Baraka, <laughs> like Bobana, like Yeah, but it's Panaka. Yeah. Who I um, thought was gonna be cool too. Yeah, me too. But uh oh man, I totally forgot what I was gonna say about Captain uh Captain Panaka. Oh well. Um it, there's no way it was that interesting anyway. I'm sure um, it'll come back to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll come back to me. But uh um Yeah, this this whole uh, Oh, I'm sorry, it just came back to me. <laughs> All right, perfect. So the I think it's at the end when he's talking to to Newt Gunray or or one of those uh, one of those guys. He says, uh, "You can kiss your phrase or your trade franchise goodbye." <laughs> and it's like, wait, what freight trade franchise? I this is the first I'm hearing of it. And, and why is it important? Hmm. Taxation and trade disputes. That's a way to invade a invade a planet. Versus, I don't know, they have a precious resource you want, like oil or like juicing a Gungan, like power starship for like a thousand years, <laughs> or like something that you would like want and invade a planet versus oh, yeah. just some guys like, hey, Newt, I need you to invade this planet under the guise <laughs> of a trade dispute, like they won't give you any of their Gungan fruit or something. <laughs> and then like... You want the Gungan fruit, even though there's only like, I don't know, 10 of you, and then the rest of you appear to be droids. <laughs> Weird, but it's, you know, you want that Gungan fruit and uh, invade them. Like, it, it, like, I know it just, I know it's not worth griping about, but this is what I'm going to gripe about. It fucking never made any sense to me. Just like the Chancellor dispatching Jedi. Isn't that request? The aid of the Jedi? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how, how yeah. does this do? You know? Well, they kind like, of work for the government in this movie. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird situation. It, 
it takes the Jedi from sort of like something that is mystical and sort of uh, spiritual and 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 turns it into something that is very much like uh, like just the IRS. <laughs> it's like the Jedi are space IRS. Yeah, Jedi. What are they? They're like Brink security guard or or you know like. Yeah, just fucking... like a, just bureaucrats, like bureaucrats with a sword. It's like bureaucrats yeah. that show up as an ambassador, but they have swords on their hips, <laughs> you know? just in case. And then, like, it's just it, it's so weird. Uh, but you know, Chancellor Valorum, that's a cool name. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Um, so I always thought this the intro to this was kind of rugged, like uh. The it's the roughest cool. of the ones. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not saying like rough, but what I am saying is that it, like, it starts off with people being like killed right away. Yeah, but they weren't named until like later, so it's fine. I yeah, didn't have true. an action figure of those two pilots, so of course, yeah, we all did. Um, but. Having them just get like murked in the opening minutes was like I remember that like setting a tone for me that this movie would not end up paying off. But like that whole that and like the Jedi's being gassed, you're like, whoa, what like what is happening? Uh and you see the you see the fake Emperor Palpatine like in the opening of the movie. Like what it's, they're giving you so much off the bat. Well, they have to because they gave you an opening crawl that talks about taxation and trade dispute. Yeah, you got to start dry. it off with some pop pops, you know, pop, 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 pop. And they're like, gas the Jedi, but don't bother turning on our room sensors to see if they're alive. <laughs> right. who, who knew that <laughs> Jedi. The droid. Yeah, Jedis are just like, oh, we're good. Oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> they just take a big breath before that. And they're fine. Um I remember like up until this part, I was I was fully on board. I think the the moment I experienced the first sort of misgivings is when those doors open up and the droids get nervous and they're like, uh and you're like, Ooh, what what is happening? Yeah, I don't have a nervous battle droid. Uh, yeah, I don't have that sound. Here. Roger, roger. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I got. Um, and you're like, these, because I don't know if, like, you remember when you show up, when they show up in that hangar, and they show all the different droids, like, you're like, this is weird. Like, these droids look weird. They look skeletal almost. They look kind of creepy. And these walking, like, ships of some sort, or these weird dinosaur droids that are walking around, they're also, like, creepy. And then when they had to give them that voice. Oh, which voice? The, the, uh, Roger, Roger, <laughs> that voice. Well, I have, they, I have problems with the fucking, uh, Nemoidian voice. Oh, uh, well, I'm not even getting into that. Yeah, but I mean, I'll, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it because okay, I can tell you so, what happened when I was watching the movie the first time and I heard a Nemoidian talk to Mr. Newt Gunray himself. 
I went, oh, that's kind of racist. Yeah. <laughs> this is the exact same sort of like, I, I, you know, I, I was, I grew up, you know, I was a white kid. Uh, I still am. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I haven't changed um, that yet. Now I'm a white man. Uh, but so like race, racism in movies, uh, you know, up until that point had not been something I often thought about. Um, but when I heard this, I was like, whoa, that's probably not okay, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to I'm gonna go on record here because, you know, once it's on the internet, it lasts forever. And I'm going to tell you, yeah, that's pretty racist. I mean, yeah, right. even, even like when you hear them in the later movies, they cut back on it some. So uh, to your point where this is kind of like unfettered, 100% pure Colombiana Lucas. They started cutting it with like, you know, talcum powder, baking soda and other stuff in those other movies. So they they cut that Newt Gunray voice back so it wasn't as bad. And even in the Clone Wars cartoon, it sounds different because I was just like, dude, you can't do that. Like, you just can't do that. And that's yeah. like, when I was in the theaters, like I said, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's 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 racist. And you hear and the other really... one talk, and you go, whoa! <laughs> you double down and on this shit. It's not only the the voice. It's a combination of the voice, the costumes, and, and the alien makeup. It seems like a very deliberate choice that has been made. And, you know, to be fair, um, to, you know, Lucas has said that that wasn't the intention. Uh, Obviously. He has said that you feel that that's the case then that really reflects more on you than it does on the movie i don't know if that's something i necessarily agree with but um to you know to just just to put that out there i mean it has been denied at every level but i'll be darned if it doesn't feel that way look i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sit there and be like he did that shit on real purpose i think he did it with probably the best intentions please don't cancel me or at me with this but i'm sure he uh i guess you could cancel me there's nothing to start anyway anyway i like yeah, nothing to cancel yeah it's like fucking two dudes and decrepitude our channel's gonna get shut down i think <laughs> <Yeah>. not <laughs> our, our twitch. theoretical twitch channel that has not been set been up started yet. yeah yeah but no like um no i mean it felt deliberate in in the sense that like he, you know, Star Wars itself takes a lot of inspiration from what's around, right? Not just, um, you know, old style movies, you know, war movies and things like that, where he took inspiration for the starship battles and shit, but also uh, the characters, the culture, and kind of meshing them up, or even having allegories. Like the battle droids originally, their their long faces were, if this is to be believed anyway, uh, to be were inspired by like. African, like, mask, like those really long masks that you would see. That was kind of like the first level of inspiration. And originally, the Pneumoidians looked similar-esque to that, and then they just grafted that look onto the droids. And I don't have a problem with that, because it's extrapolated. But this one, just a little too much. And I mean, and then, like, later on in the film, it just kind of gets worse. 
Where yeah. you're just like, oh, and I think geez. it's worth pointing out that the original Star Wars was based on a Japanese movie, a, a Kurosawa movie, right? It was called The Hidden Castle, I think. I I mean, there's a multitude of inspirations there, but that is definitely one of them. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously, samurai movies, like like everything else was like, you can tell he liked a bunch of shit. You know, like I said, he loved those old serials. He loved those old, like, adventure movies. He loved those old war movies where you'd be, you know, watching pilots and shit flying around. That's those. That's literally when he was trying to show them how to do the X-Wing fighters. He was showing them, like, Battle of the Bulge and all this stuff where you can see all the pilots flying around. And then he would splice his footage in there so you could see them, like, the angles he was trying to get. And that's how come, you know, the X-Wing... Uh, you know, dogfighting in A New Hope is a little more visceral than most. Like, they did the best they could with the stuff they had and just improved on it. Totally cool. Yeah. But, like, this one, I was just like, all right, well, I guess that's what having a couple billion dollars does for you. Just kind of let you say what you gotta say, but I, I, I mean... That, this whole movie sort of feels that way. This feels like the grievances of somebody's grandpa made into a science fiction movie kind Congress of is slow the courts are bad well he like you kind of mentioned it earlier he did a similar deal that he did the the first time which was he was like i don't need a salary i don't need a salary i'm plenty rich um Instead, I'm going to take like a, a merchandise <laughs> is this, deal. Is this yes. your Lucas we're hearing? Yeah, that's my Lucas. That's my Lucas. It's kind that's of inspired brilliant. by Patton Oswalt. Lucas sounds cooler than that. Um, and this was totally him being able to do kind of what he wanted because he he made you know 20th Century Fox and all these other companies so much money that like. Yeah, okay, do whatever you want, dude. You throw you're making another Star Wars movie? Dope. Hey. And then you know, like, hey, we have notes. We saw this Newt Gunray guy, and we need to we need to talk about it. He's like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> do you think someone gave him notes on anything in this movie? Because I don't Nah, no one gave him notes. He 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 like if anyone gave him notes, they promptly got kicked out of his like Sightline. It's like, yeah, I think he got one note, and that was for Rick McCallum, and it just said, "Great work, <laughs> keep it up, Lukey boy." You're probably right. <laughs> you, you, honestly, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, but uh, have I mentioned this is my favorite of the prequels? Anyway, uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so, like, yes, the Nemoidians are problematic. I think. That's, I feel like that's something that everyone has agreed on. And I think, just like you said, the the retroactive continuity of like what Nemoidians sound like, kind of what they look like, has been, I think, modified in a way that it's not as bad. But in this initial movie, it is distracting. I will... The kindest thing I can say is, is that it distracted me then... And it's distracted distracts me to this day. Yeah, my feeling has not changed since the first time I've seen it to the 
upteenth time that I've seen it. It's, it's the same problem I have for it. And I'm like, oh man, just hurry up and get to the next painful scene. I mean, yeah. next scene. <laughs> the next great scene that I love. Um, so, yeah, let's talk a little bit about the... Do you uh, do you recall when the, the Jedi break out of their, their gas room? They do a lot of cool Jedi stuff initially. Some real cool sword fighting. Um, some very dynamic sword fighting that we hadn't seen in the previous uh, Star Wars movies. And then they use the first of the new force powers uh, that we see in these these prequel movies. And that's mm-hmm. force speed. Yeah, I don't think that's a force power so much as that was just some sped up film. <laughs> I mean, it it is a force power in that that's, I think, the official explanation, but man, does it look bad. It's not good because it looks kind of like the Poochie animation cell from The Simpsons <laughs> when they're like, I they have to go it. now. <laughs> they just move. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I mean, those motherfuckers I... are almost transparent. That's how fast they move. <laughs> yeah, they zip out of the way and then they uh, like and then it cuts to a shot of them just kind of like running in fast motion down the corridor. And I remember seeing it in the theater, and again, I was still on board. Nothing, like, too objectable had happened yet. And I remember being like, oh, okay, Force Speed. You know, I, I played uh, Dark Forces uh, 2, Jedi Knight. I know the Force Speed is a thing in the in the universe, so it's cool to see it on film, I guess. It's not what I thought it would look like, but <laughs> there it is. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, I mean, I obviously I was going, yeah, four speed, but it looked really bad, and I just went, oh, that's they kind of move fast in a way, you know, like a man who's about to crap their pants moves fast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, do you guys uh, know where the bathroom is? That awesome blossom isn't. It's not sitting right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you always insist we go to the outback. Before we go to a, to 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 a theater, but I gotta go. Cause... It's over there. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> it's like he moved and didn't move at the same time. Dude moved so fast he was transparent. He's cutting into the door. Originally, I was like, "Fuck, that's badass." We're finally seeing a lightsaber be used for more shit than just you know lightsabering, I guess. And in here he is, but then like the circle. Qui-Gon's making's kind of off. And... Yeah, I mean, that that effect is awesome. Like, I'm sad we don't get to see that paid off. I like the fact that the, the Nemoidians are scared that he is melting through the door. Yeah, and... but the hole he's making would not fit Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan. I kind it's... of felt like he was trying to burn the locking mechanism away. I don't know if that makes the, the door automatically unlock or what. I think cutting that fucking lock was going to do anything. I think he was trying to cut a hole to go through. <laughs> so, I love the first part, the first time they uh, they show the queen. Um, because there is a little, a little film flub, a little movie flub for you. 
that I could never forget. And it, that's like there's this beautiful shot of her looking out the window as the as the invasion forces from the uh, um, from from uh, the droid army arrive. And there's like an extension cord going to the lights in her dress <laughs> that you can see clearly in the background. <laughs> And uh, you know, nowadays I can't I can't help but see it every time I see that very cool scene. Wait, wait, they haven't gone back and just digitally altered that shit out. No, isn't that crazy? That's I watched crazy. the version on Disney Plus, and they still have that wire. Uh, George Lucas is probably like, well, um, uh, that's uh, that's not actually a mistake. That's uh, that's McClunky's wire. Um. I put a reference in to to this very character in uh, in into episode uh for the new, a new hope when uh Greedo mentions McClunky um this is McClunky's wire he installed in the Naboo he was a wire installer <laughs> he ran he ran extension cords along the wall uh and didn't tie them down just kind of very loosely around the wall and uh yeah, uh, McClunky. Very, very big. The next trilogy is going to be about McClunky and the Metachlorines. McClunky and the Metachlorines. <laughs> it's a great 70s band. I love um, it. That sounds, like, that sounds like fucking like McHale's Navy or Hogan's Hero. Yeah. Like McClunky and the Metachlorines. What's your M count? Lee. <laughs> I know I'm kind of skipping ahead because between those two scenes is the scene where we meet Jar Jar Binks, everyone's favorite character. That's not even up for debate. Everyone loves him and he's on all the posters and there's a new Star Wars story just coming for him, Jar Jar Binks. Um, On a side note, let me talk about something slightly serious for a second. The, The response to Jar Jar Binks was not fair. It's not a fun character and not a good character. I'm not going to d- sit here and defend it, even though I had lots of Jar Jar Bing. Binks, um, Jar Jar Bing. Yeah. <laughs> From friends, space friends. Um, <laughs> but I had a lot of merchandise from, uh, Jar Jar Binks, but, um, I you can know, see this... you rocking his t-shirt. Yeah. I had like an inflatable Jar Jar Binks chair. I had the action figure where you put him on the little chip and he says one of his great, great lines. Um, but uh, on second thought, no, not really, no, no. <laughs> Amazing lines like but that. But the response to this character, um, uh, sent Ahmad Best be- into like a the actor who played Jar Jar Binks into like a horrible depression spike a, sp- a spiral, and I don't think it was necessarily fair. Um, that being said. Uh, as many times as I try to sort of approach the Jar Jar Banks character from like a different angle or a new perspective or like take a refreshing take on him, I can't because the character not only is kind of annoying to listen to, and that's not saying anything that anyone else hasn't already said, but like he's his motivations and like how he is written is incredibly confusing. Um, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but it just is... It's just... It's not good. It's not a good character. <laughs> well, I mean, Lucas went in saying, Jar Jar is going to be the um, 
you know, he's going to be the big thing. Like, everyone's going to love Jar Jar. You know, like, you, they got him on film saying that shit, where he's just like, yeah, this is this is the dude. I, I'm He's going to be the most popular character, because he's the funnier one, the funnier character that we've never had in these movies before. And, um, you know what happens when you try to make something funny? Right. right. Doesn't this work. This podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This podcast. Oops. Uh, we, um, we do nothing but try to be funny for about three to four hours every week. And, and you see uh, how that turns out. Yeah, and for the five people listening, thank you. Um, we'll send you Christmas cards because you're all our immediate family. Um, <laughs> I'd send you a Christmas card, but one's in the mail. <clears throat> or I'd send you a Christmas card, but we live in the same house in my case. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they just went all in on Jar Jar. Was it fair to, like, hate on this character? No, not in a sense that, like, you start sending shit to the actor who played the character. You know what I mean? Like, leave leave the dude alone. He did a role. And arguably, though his motivations are weird, like, I don't know how you get kicked out of a city for being clumsy. Um... Like, I just figure they just put you in a far-off orb in Gungan City or some shit like that. Um, you know, like, he, he's, he's, a, he's a weird dude, but I don't think he's the, the worst thing. Actually, I think as far as his acting, the mannerisms, the tech behind it at the time, there's a lot of marvels there. And um, so for what he is as a character, eh, but, like... What uh, Ahmed Best did for the character was huge. And, you know, I'd hate to have someone feel so bad about himself that, you know, he even con- you know contemplated taking his life over fucking Jar Jar. That is sad as shit. Yeah. You know, so and he's I, not you know, the only uh, victim of this movie. Uh, certainly in, in terms of like where their career went and. Um, you know, Jake Lloyd has also had his terror problems. Uh, the actor who plays Anakin in this movie, but you know, it's tough, right? Uh, Star Wars films will always be judged um, differently uh, than other movies, I think, because of the the connection it has to the fans. And I think when you are, you're basically the character that is following Chewbacca. And that's not a, that's not a position I envy for any new character or actor to, to try to like fill the, the big furry shoes of, of such a beloved character. Well, your hope would be that you would make a character that would be likable in their own way. Where... You know, you're not trying to draw parallels because there are none. Like, the the role, to me anyway, in the original trilogy, the role of uh, comedy, like, like uh, comedic relief, are the droids. Yes. They're the ones that were funny. They are the, you know, arguably R2 is the narrator of this tale. 
you know, and C-3PO gets added on later on. So they're the ones that have been, they're honestly the most connective tissue you have through all the movies are these two droids. To the detriment of this movie, I think. Well, kind of. Yeah. Yes, in this case, this movie, it kind of sucks because these guys aren't really given their time to shine because they're trying to show these new characters and these new things and this new stuff. But leave the comedy to the droids. Think about when we first meet him. He, at first he's like, hey, uh, I know this place, Gungan City. It's it's great. It's huge. You'll love it. And then like, all right, let's go. And he's like, ha ha ha, just kidding. I can't go there. I've been banished. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> there's so many times where it's like, he clearly states kind of like what he wants to happen and then it happens, and he's like, just kidding, I never wanted that. Um, so many in- instances where you just, like, you don't know his motivation, you don't know what he is doing there, besides being sort of this, uh, offering this meta-commentary on what you can already see with your own eyes. Like, this is crazy! This is bad! It's like, uh, you know, we can see that. We, we know it's bad. Please... Qui-Gon, knock him out with your Vulcan nerve pinch. I mean, look, you're right. They they run into Jar Jar. He's annoying as shit. On my notes, had the same thing you called out, where he's like, hey, we can go to my fucking home, but nah, I can't. Two seconds right. later, he's like, uh, just kidding. You know, and then, what's he fucking do? He does the stupidest fucking dive to get in the water. That Why seems so unnecessary. Especially since he pops up right afterwards. Why doesn't he just walk into the fucking water and then, you know, do the thing? It's just because, oh, well, he's got to be silly and wacky because he's silly and wacky. Right? Yeah. And there's, you know, but, but. I will say, I really love the way Gungan City looks. Oh, I think it's great. Zero privacy, it, but I think it's great. Yeah, there's no curtain. There's not a curtain to be found. But. Uh, I love the way it looks, even though the lake they dive into does not look nearly expansive enough or or deep enough to house this this giant, this absolutely massive underwater city. Um, but I guess lakes operate a little bit differently on the old Naboo. Well, you notice Naboo has... When the in, droid invasion ships were coming, just happened to have perfect spans of space in between the trees just to fit these giant ships like it was (laughs) almost made perfectly for it and then yeah so you could have this beautiful orbed city which i think the effect still works very well you know they used uh smoke to actually kind of give that murky water look so i think that's a really cool like touch i just like how it's a city that doesn't have any vendors of any sort (laughs) Like it's right. just just orbs There's and people. No way to clothes. distinguish one orb from another. And I think it actually falls into a little bit of a trap that the rest of this movie sort of falls into, which almost every place they go to uh lacks a bit of history. A little bit of where nothing looks like it's been lived in. Everything kind of looks like a set in this movie. But you know what I will say? is that at least there are physical sets in this one. Yeah, I mean, it's why this one is number uh, eight and not 
nine. You know, like it, it's my second favorite of the prequels, but the part I enjoy about it the most is the practicalness of it. So it's not all CGI. I've heard it described as the prequels were sort of a transition from artisanal sort of like handcrafted uh, ships and environments to sort of like factory stamped sort of cold industrial um, uh, aesthetics. So I think in that way that makes a lot of sense and I think that's very successful in this movie but I think even when you're on Tatooine, the lack of uh, like clear history in these in these uh, in these movies um, ends up lending them a little bit of a weird sort of. There's a little bit of a fakeness that is kind of everywhere that just isn't present in the other uh, Star Wars films. But um, yeah, I just. Was just really surprised every time I see the Gungan City, where I'm just like, "Where the fuck do they eat?" <laughs> yeah, because all it is is just is... hallway orbs. Yeah, hallways and bubbles. Uh, we don't really know how the uh, Gungan society operates. It, they have underwater cities now, but their sacred places are on the on the land. So, uh, who knows how they they do their biz? Um, so. Answer me this. There's a lot of weird hologram stuff in this movie. Um, jumping forward a little bit, uh, after uh, the Jedi come and uh, rescue Queen Amidala from Queen Extension, scored, uh, extension Cord Dress from the, uh, the, the Droid Federation, the Trade Federation, their uh, conference room, and they're talking to uh, Darth Sidious. And he is sitting in a chair. Yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> the hologram is yeah. seated in a chair. Which, you know, is okay. You're like, all right, okay, they have some they have some sort of uh, weird hologram technology. But later in the movie, he has to be um, sort of like carted around on a walking hollow projector. So does this mean that they just have hollow projectors in the chairs? <laughs> Also, let me ask you this. What is the rule? What is the hollow projector rule? Because you could just walk into hollow projector frame? Like, <laughs> where was Darth Maul? Did they work it out beforehand? Where he's like, when I say this, then you'll step into the hollow projector. I'm going to put a tape X on the ground. Step into your mark and cross your arms. It'll look so cool. You think we're legit? We're gonna be legit Darths. You hear me, Maul? You hear me? We're going to be so badass. The Nemodians are gonna be like, now there are two of them. It's going to be so dope. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. It's like a fucking, <laughs> uh, you know, connect for an Xbox. You get with range. It can tell right. you there. I have detected player two, adding him to the hologram. I have to admit it was cool the first time it happened, because you're just like, where's this Darth Maul coming from? And all of a sudden he just shows up. Out of, yeah, it's like, okay. And he looked cool. And it was just cool to see another Sith that you hadn't seen um, previously. So I think that, that yeah, that, that, that whole thing is cool. Um, 
but uh man when they escape so here's two questions <laughs> so number one when they escape the hangar all of the pilots that are being held captive by those droids board the 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 Namubian cruiser um none of them are ever seen again <laughs> what do they do with those pilots i think they ate them they, they might have they're like oh master it's a long trip and I'm getting mighty hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Roast pilot. Worst, worst part, again, it wasn't like it was a lot of battle droids. I feel like a battle droid might be able to shoot two <laughs> yeah. of you. And you can Captain just knock Panaka them over. is He's... ready to give up. He's like, there's too many of them. And uh, they they are able to walk right up to them. And the droids do not respond until they are killed by a lightsaber. <laughs> They're just like, hey, wait a minute. What are you guys? Well, they, We're they ambassadors. Fucking... Well, ambassadors, huh? Well, I don't know about that. It's like, these are the worst droids. It's like Who they're trying these to, droids? They're trying to do a gaucho mark routine. Yeah, they're nervous about things and a- afraid of things. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, yeah, C-3PO. He has to- all sorts of emotions and a total personality, which is true. But these, they make a point that these are all drones that are controlled by a central intelligence that is in space. They're even referred to as battle hardened. What battles are they fighting? Because, yeah, if if you are programming nerves into your battle droids and, you know, like uh, uh, in their subroutines, you had a problem. C-3PO, yeah, he was nervous. But he was made by a kid on a desert planet and then just abandoned. I mean, um, you don't hear the droidicas going, Roger, Roger. They just roll around and shoot shit. That's I appreciate true. that. I, I I liked him. I think the droidicas could be scarier. Uh, there's something about them, maybe the rounded shapes, maybe the fact that they roll everywhere like Sonic the Hedgehog. Um kind of uh, takes a little bit of their bite off of them uh but yeah they could add like fucking more arms to look like a spider and then like yeah. scorpion hands and sure they could have creepy they could have been really intimidating yeah. but instead they're they're kind of weird and and obviously the the people the people's reaction tell us that we're supposed to be scared of them but they don't have that imposing presence i don't know at least they didn't to me at the time um but uh so conveniently the our heroes all have to travel to Naboo obviously they have to beat Darth Vader this is what this whole uh um, You mean Tatooine? Uh, yes of course sorry uh Tatooine uh because it's I guess it's right next to Naboo uh um, close enough Yeah close enough to get to to maybe get some some parts um and uh I love how the movie is like trying to it plays very coy with who natalie portman is playing except it's completely obvious even when the first time you watch the movie it's like the the worst kept secret is that she's also the the queen is masquerading as her own handmaiden yeah like i mean it's funny that because they've had websites that have been set up to kind of tell you who's playing who and what scene because enough people were confused between her and Karen Knightley. Um, <laughs> really? okay. I'm like, I don't maybe know. I, like, uh, maybe it was just uh, maybe 
I don't know. I, I, I'm surprised to hear that, I guess. It seems very clear. Although, I guess if you're watching this on old CRT, you're probably not, you know, seeing those. Even, even Kira Knightley's mom apparently was got them mixed up from time to time uh, when they were on <laughs> set. So, and I mean, they do look similar esque. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's pretty easy to tell the difference between the two. Um, I liked this story element. It kind of gave. It's weird because it, to have a handmaiden like that who's also your decoy strikes to me as a, a place that would probably have a lot more intrigue where that would be required. Like, I don't know, there's assassination attempts like every day or, you know, like something like that. You, you you just wouldn't do that. They'd be like, oh, I need the hide and, you know, plain sight. And then when she orders me to uh, clean up R2, I have to do it. Like, picture how fucking, fucking nice of a job that is. I'm a handmaiden to the queen, but I get to tell her what the fucking do whenever I'm playing the queen. Good, good shit. Even though we find out the queen is an elected position in the land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the newly elected queen um yeah uh, that's fun um yeah it's i mean it's a it's a weird situation i don't know it to me it was always pretty obvious when when who was playing whom or at the very least you knew the first time you saw the queen it was natalie portman so when you see natalie portman out of makeup you're like oh that's the queen um yeah the the, makeup isn't that much of a departure for you to be like i can't tell the difference between one or the other like if the makeup was like really crazy or something that truly broke up her facial features then i could be like oh i don't know who's who all you have to do is uh like to see if is natalie portman not wearing makeup and if you see her in the crowd then you know the queen is the is the handmaiden um, even the, I, I don't know. I, I look for weird details like that. So maybe that's why it was something that to me didn't read as a surprise, but it sounds like to other people, it was pretty successful. Um, I mean, I don't even know how the fucking characters in there couldn't tell the difference, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so like when the Jedi's are all surprised, I'm like, you, you got the fucking force. You're going to tell me you couldn't tell who that was. Yeah, the fuck who's really surprised at that? Qui Gon, you're the worst. But uh, so we we make our way to to Mos Espa. This is not Mos Eisley, the the famous hive of scum and villainy. So this has less scum, less villainy uh, in this town. Um, here's here's a question: They are looking for parts. We see a. You know, again, this 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 town is less history, so it doesn't feel as dangerous, doesn't feel as as sort of frontier like as as most Eisley did. But we we see some cool background aliens. Um, but they're looking for stuff, and they they're like, oh, let's go to one of these smaller shops. How do they tell what's a shop? There's no signage. Yeah, they all like the same homes. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah, walk into a door. They're like, is this a shop? No. Is this just? How about this one? No, no. Yeah, this one—it's this, this is my home. <laughs> this one. Ah! Oh, sorry. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Um. Yeah, no. 
none of the buildings have any sort of that uh, care because there's a lot more buildings to look at, right? Like sure, yeah. most Eisley, it's it's like a bunch of buildings centered really closely to each other, but they're still all detached. And each one kind of has like, at least like a thingamabob or something, or like a hitching post, something to kind of denote what the building might be. This place has none of it. It's just domed buildings with trash in front. It looks like my neighbor's house. Right. (laughs) But also like in a new hope, you kind of felt like, well, it kind of makes sense that they just know where these kind of like skeezy bars are because the, you know, everyone in, in that movie lives there or at least frequents that area. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It how would somebody's like never been there before would know exactly right, where to go. Exactly. There's yeah. the thing over, over there. I guess the force is what, how you describe that, how that's possible. Um, but, uh, so here we're introduced to to two fun characters. One uh, is Jake Lloyd, that's <laughs> playing Anakin, and the other is Watto, uh, the Lalovanum <laughs> The um the the flying Toydarian, which is a like a combination of like a a plucked chicken and. Grover and an elephant. Yeah, I believe it was. It, it, you're you're kind of close. Um, I also just say, uh, did you say fly? <laughs> what fly? He looks, he looks kind of like a fly too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. I mean, he. There's a bit of an insectoid. Uh, feeling about him. He has web feet. He has fleshy wings that keep him afloat somehow. And uh, stubble, which is gross. And a little, a little uh, a trunk. Yeah, and he's and he's obviously uh, injured or old. as in one of his uh, his legs is uh, longer than the other. That's why he flies a lot. He even has a little stick that he flies around with. Yeah, I saw that little cane of his, um, but I guess I didn't notice this this very cool fact. That's cool. Yeah, um, and I mean, like, he arguably, he probably has the most character out of everyone in the movie. Yeah, Watto is kind of great. I mean, aside from the fact that he owns slaves, unapologetic, yeah. uh, unapologetically so. Yeah, and the voice um, is a little racist, too. But Yeah, the voice is, is you feel like it's problematic but it sure is fun to do right i'm sure you've got yeah. a pocket watto i do which i won't do so i'll let him do his own that means good day to you <laughs> oh see so you're gonna get in trouble you're gonna get in trouble you're gonna get fucking canceled Eddie, what do you know think of two dudes and decrepitude dude think about two dudes and decrepitude <laughs> think about our future um we well, have I mean, t-shirts of uh of Watto and uh yeah I mean like he's a fun character this of all the new aliens and I don't like a lot of how a lot of them are designed um uh this one I think is really successful um 
and I like all I like his shop. I like his junkyard. I like all of the the Watto stuff. I think is pretty cool. Yeah, my favorite part is the whole thing where you know Qui Gon's doing the whole hand waving thing, and he's just like, "No, you won't," and he's like. What, you think you're some kind of Jedi waving your hand around like that? <laughs> yeah. Mind tricks don't work on Toy Deity, it's only money. Yeah, see, that's the problematic. Fuck, man, we really lost that Twitch channel. <laughs> anyway, oh well. Uh, hey, I didn't make these th- this stuff, I'm just, uh, I'm just parodying the things that I've heard. I learned it from you, Dad. Um... <laughs> I learned it from watching you. And he is fucking so, like, waka, waka, waka. The, his junk shop is home to another one of those moments where I felt sort of like a secondhand embarrassment for somebody. Um, when Anakin uh, is like, are you an angel? And you're like, oh. Oh, <laughs> my God. What? Like, first off, there's angels in Star Wars. That's the first thing you have to contend with. And then while you're kind of like your mind is reeling from this uh, Judeo-Christian um, uh, imagery or, or whatever in the movie, even though um, Han, Han Solo said, uh, I'll see you in hell, so you know that Christian hell uh, uh, exists in this universe as well. So I guess it's not that far-fetched to think that angels e- exist as well, but don't worry not, worry not, lest you think that the, the, the there would be a spiritual aspect to this movie. No, it's it's a type of alien that deep space uh, pilots talk about like a siren, I guess, or a mermaid. Just it's, these beautiful, <laughs> these yeah. beautiful uh, elves. These beautiful yeah. elves that they see. Yeah. Aliens yeah. they'd like to to uh, friend on Facebook. Yeah, they show them in Clone Wars. Yeah. So eventually, you, get, you can yeah, see them and there. You know, everyone's making, everyone's horny for those guys. We, we see them everywhere. Right, so so much so that I can't remember what they look like off the top of my head. Well, maybe they like Vorlons. That's a deep cut for any Avalon Five fans <laughs> listening to this right here. Um, what? What's that? Wow, I heard crickets over the the uh, the headphones, and I'm not sure why. Anywho, <laughs> I just think he was just using pickup lines he heard from the deep space trainer. Yeah, you see, you see I mean, an attractive person. You you sit there and ask them if they're angels, and then you just proceed to tell them everything about you. Um, right, like how you arrived to the planet when you were three. Uh, he he moved here when he was uh, three, so he's not from Tatooine. I think they were always. I I hope he was from Tatooine. Why not? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean. I know, I... Fake moved here from Mustafar! (laughs) Oh, that'd be be fitting. He's like, fuck, I can never get away from this place. Yeah, he's about to to fight Obi-Wan. And someone in the background, Anakin, is that you? (laughs) They went to high school together, man. (laughs) I haven't seen you in it forever. Can't you see it? I get it. I'm trying to be evil. And moody. Oh, you want to get some visine? Good, good. Okay, bye. I hate you! Wait a minute! Pick me up out of the fire! It hurts my ass, it hurts so bad. (laughs) Uh, Oh no, uh, my junk! 
<laughs> so Not have been me anyway. Qui Gon throughout this movie is is unconcerned with the plight of slaves. He this is is just one of the many sort of instances that w- in Star Wars where their relationship with a sort of galactic slave trade is is not I would say dealt with in any sort of meaningful way. It is something that just exists and they they sort of they're like, well, it's not under the Republic's uh jurisdiction, so um good luck, my dude. <laughs> Have fun it, it, being a slave. I mean Qui-Gon is a character who is nothing but only advancing his own like his his own machinations, his own plans. Like he has no problem cheating people to get what he wants or trying to skirt rules when he feels it's right. Like he he he's he's interesting because I've I've heard him referred to as like, you know, he's kind of the last of like the dogmatic Jedi's that we see. And his death signal well, spoilers. His death uh, signifies that kind of going away. Because then you see like how Obi-Wan's a little different and all this shit. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Qui-Gon is just very like, I'm going to do what I want. Because yeah. I have a particular set him... of skills. And those are <laughs> screwing people over and not saving him... slaves. Described as the uh, the first uh, gray Jedi. I think that's a non non canonical or official designation, but some fans like to talk about not like the not dark uh, sort of middle of the road gray Jedi, which uh, I guess they believe Ahsoka also falls into that category. Ahsoka's not a Jedi. Not anymore. Yeah, she renounced the Jedi Order. Thank you. Why is it called the Jedi? I guess because they're mistaken that she's a Jedi. Yeah, because they don't know any better. And for people who watched, only learned of that character through the episode of a TV show that, spoilers, spoilers, we haven't talked about yet, um, (laughs) would not understand the concept of somebody renouncing something because it's not like you're born a Jedi. Yep. It's not like Maybelline. (laughs) Maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. She She quit being a Jedi. Right, and kind of rightfully so. God, I love that. I wish we were talking about that instead. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Let's get yeah, back on this trash fire. I mean, uh, the, uh, beautiful yeah, trash fire. Qui-Gon senses something in Anakin, right? Even though he can't, they can't sense the Sith or anything evil happening. It's Anyway, God, it drives me so mad. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, I but mean, like, he he senses the the force is is very strong in Anakin. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like you said, he 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 sets off on his his own plot to sort of uh, to not rescue Anakin from this life, but to really recruit him uh, for the Jedi Order because uh, he believes he is is a part of a prophecy. Uh, and that he has found this, uh, I think they call it, what, a virgence? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on it in a couple of minutes, but yeah, he is a virgence in the Force, like mm-hmm. uh, Ray and Kylo were dyad. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Right? So he's a virgin. He's a font of something that could not be explained. Yes, because and, we get it uh, revealed to us that he is the result of an uh, immaculate conception, which at the time, again, I was like, oh, okay. All right. Okay. This is weird and uh, doesn't feel like it fits in the Star Wars universe, but here it is. It's part of the story. I mean, it. I mean, to me, it just felt like a giant cop out. Like, mm, I don't want to explain that Jedi's also get the boom boom in the room room and shake the house. So, yeah. um, instead, or yeah, it's like some super powerful force user who never realized that they were a Jedi. I mean, or it's just happened. You know, Anakin is this the only human who can pod race. He's the only one who has the uh, the uh, reflexes. So they've since. Uh, everyone, like the whole town runs on gambling. Um, so they figure if they can, if they can, they can bet their way to a new hyperdrive since they don't have money. And also, and hyperdrives bleed. Exactly. The hyperdrives breeding. <laughs> Bleeding. Not breeding. That'd be great. They'd have more than one hyperdrive. They wouldn't have a problem. Um, They're like, we just need to wait a couple weeks. <laughs> but. Um, so yeah, they're gonna, they're going to have Anakin race, uh, and try to win all this stuff. Um, so how do you feel the, the pod race scene? I love it. You, I it's still, still love great. it. It's yeah. still great. Yeah, I agree. When I was, like, when I was seeing this movie six times, eventually like on the, like the, the fourth, fifth time, uh, fourth or fifth time, the sort of quietness of these scenes and the droning engines put me to sleep for like a couple yeah, minutes because the, the sequence is long. I mean, you're watching the whole fucking race. I mean, yeah. you, you know, you might as well, I mean, she even watched them handing out concessions in the stand. She's like, it's a long, it's a long race. Um, I enjoy it. It does put me to sleep too though. Um, but yeah, I mean, total Ben her vibes off of it. Super great. Um, I think the action in there is awesome. Yeah, and then and all the I, the mechanical stuff and the switches and and all the different like sort of uh, methods that Anakin uses to sort of um, uh, like fix his pod race uh, racer as as uh, throughout the race, uh, I think are really interesting and and feel physical and and uh, it's just it's a it's a great sequence. Uh, and it has the best joke. Or unintentional joke in all of Star Warsdom. When Jar Jar gets farted in the face by the EMP. No, fuck that. Who? <laughs> like, no. Icky, icky, poo. Yeah, no, no, not that. It's when um, Sebulba, the Doug, who mm-hmm. is uh, the the tough other pod racer, you know, who Anakin's raced against before, never finishing a race, all that shit. And he breaks some part off of Anakin's thing. But he's also known for just kind of throwing shit off of his fucking pod racer into other pod racers. And my favorite one is like this one thing. He just grabs the thing, mm-hmm. he throws it behind him. It goes in the engine of uh, the other pod racer, and this sound happens. That's my favorite <laughs> thing. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad you pulled that sound. <laughs> it's my favorite part of the pod race. It's Rawr! My... <laughs> Rawr! 
Who is that pod racer? Do you remember? I don't. I no, because he's not introduced. Because <laughs> he's the weirdest looking of the the, the puppets. Got this big bulbous head, this little mouth, and the way they just kind of show him his face turned to the side. And it's and he just gets he just gets burned to a crisp. He's dead. You can't help but laugh. Um, I, here's yeah, a question for you, real quick. Yeah, good. You're from San Francisco. Yes. Uh, born and raised. Mm-hmm. Um, when you heard Greg Proops <laughs> in this movie, oh, I loved it. Did it completely take you out of the film? It did. It did for me. No, like I, was a I big mean, Who's I, Line fan? So no, I mean, obviously, I knew who it was, but um, I was just kind of happy he had work. I just thought it was yeah. weird. Like, I mean, it's cool. I, he does a lot with it. Well, I, I think it's actually that's actually a little weird, uh, unique character because of the um, the fact that the one guy is just speaking, I guess, Hadids or something like that, and then the other one's like, "It's a beautiful day out here for the racetrack," you know, like tying it in. It it, <laughs> it didn't take me. I out, don't right? care what universe you're from. That's you go. gotta hurt. And they're like, la, 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 you know, when they're doing that <laughs> shit. Pretty funny. Um, I was yeah. going, Punta, I was, Punta. I was going to say when this, when I, when I was <laughs> at the ranch, um, they had a lot of rules. I don't, not sure if it's the same, but, um, you have to be quiet while watching the movie, you know, so no clapping. So very, maybe everyone just knew the rules from the ranch when I saw the movie Phantom Menace for the first time. Um, everyone was just quiet. So anyway, we're in there. We're watching it. I was falling asleep during the pod racer scene. And then this happened. Uh, and not only did I woke up, <laughs> I just started laughing out loud. And then I laughed for a good <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> Every time I tried to stop, it's so good. I just kept laughing again. And my friends were like, dude, you need to stop that. I was like, I can't fucking stop laughing. So while we've been talking about this movie, I have it on the in the background without the sound on. And that part just (laughs) so good. I just saw his little lizard face. Okay. I went home that night. But yeah, and the, I watched it ten. I watched a ten-minute clip of it just on repeat. It was just that, <laughs> and I laughed the whole fucking time. <laughs> it's my favorite part. The only part that saddens it's me so good. is when you realize the end of this race. You've only gone through half of the movie, and you're like, "Oh yep. shit!" There's a so, more of this. Um, so much more, and uh, yeah, it's a good. It's a fun stuff. Uh, it's a really fun to see. Um, they use a lot of like miniature sets and so it looks really realistic and it still holds up, uh, really well. Yeah, um, it's pretty good. I do yeah. like that the, the, the Tuscan Raiders are just, uh, are just firing away at these, uh, pod racers and that's just kind of like a, uh, a hazard of the course. Uh, just like shooting at a kid, huh? Like, we don't care. Yeah. We don't indiscriminate. <laughs> just like taking pod shots at a kid. <laughs> And then we get, you um, know, a famous 
Lucas trope by putting someone mysterious in the background makes you wonder who they are. We get Aura Sing. Yep. Never yeah, really she, paid off. Yeah. Uh, well, remember cool her, looking, though. Her vehicle, you know? When they, yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking a lot about how they were going to integrate her into other things and how she would get her own book. And, uh, you know, it really worked out for her, but she definitely looked cool. Yeah, she um, showed up in the Clone Wars cartoon. That's true. Yeah, you know, something. I do like this the sequence um, because Jake Lloyd seems like he nothing is really happening. There's so many stressful things happen, and Jake Lloyd's face is just looks like he is worried about taking a a, a math quiz, um, even when he is plummeting toward the earth to his uh, what seems like his 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 doom. Um, he's fine. Very nonplus. Well, I mean, you know, he's living that slave life, so he's seen some shit. Yeah, I guess. I'm he's sure just, he's. he's I'm sure he's had to. He's had to hide a few bodies or some shit. So he's very nonplus when he's about two hundred feet in the air, slowly <laughs> descending into a potential death, and he's just like, "Oh, fuck it." Or so Anakin wins. But he is also the only one to finish. Well, right? Yeah, I don't think any everyone else wipes out. Yeah, that sucks. It's the race, you know. That's the race. That's the race, you know. Like I've never seen Formula One races where that's happened, but you know, I guess be like, well, he's only racing against himself. Like Cake said, going the distance. (laughs) He's going the distance. But yeah, he wins, um, and uh, and Watto loses everything because he he bet everything on Sabalba, which is and, weird. Uh, which yeah, it's just dumb. Um, so he has to give up everything except Shmi. Shmi has to stay. <laughs> so so he love- has like no business, no no home himself. <laughs> but he's like, well, I got one slave who has a really nice house. I'll just, I'll go, I'm going to go live with Shmi. What do you know? Um, Talk about the odd couple. (laughs) That's a, now that's a Disney Plus series I'd want to (laughs) see. But, uh, yeah, this, the scene where Anakin sort of has to say goodbye to his mom is, um, is interesting um, because... Uh, he's like he really oscillates back and forth, and I know it's like a kid and it's a movie, and you have to like move the plot along. But he's like, I don't want anything to change, even though that's all he's been doing this entire movie is trying to change things, and things start changing. He doesn't want anything to change, and then she's like, Well, no, you have to to do this thing, and he's like, All right, fine, and he's like, Then he goes up in his room and he's cutting it up with C three PO, doing a bunch of jokes on him. And then, uh, and then they have that scene where he he he's fully walking away, and then he runs back. I just can't do it, mom. Um, this kid's got problems. He's being scarred for life right in uh, in front of our face. Yeah. Do you think he becomes a dark lord of the Sith because of this moment here? Well, I think. Judging by how he doesn't really follow that rule when he grows up, 
I would say that if he had his mom around uh, on Coruscant and he could just be like, Hey, Mom. I've been hanging out with this old guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's been saying some weird stuff. And she would be like, Don't hang out with him, Anakin. He's like, Okay. And then that's it. We we have no original trilogy because... <laughs> There's no Darth <laughs> Vader because uh, Anakin does just really well as a as a Jedi because he's trying to uh, impress his mom. I think, you know, obviously that's one step on his way. He does leave his mom without a lot of fanfare, so maybe he's kind of guilty that he left, never came back until he was a teenager, and then at that point it was too late. She She had been something had happened to her sand people wise and 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 they all all the sand children and and women and everyone had to die um so uh, i want the people listening to this um serious now take time to call your parent uh garden guardian whoever raised you because you never know when they're going to get attacked by sand people exactly Egg? Tuscan exactly. Tuscan Raiders could be at like the Aldi's right now. Yeah, don't think that that the just you know you'll call them tomorrow. Um, you never know uh, when Shmi might marry someone else and then have an entire life and then eventually get kidnapped by uh, because she's picking mushrooms off of moisture evaporators. Yeah, like you do. Let's not get ahead of ourselves into that great movie. Um, but, uh, so, from there, um, I think we go next to uh, Coruscant, right? Yeah, I mean, we get the cool fight between Maul and Qui-Gon. Right, the first Maul fight, because the Maul fight <laughs> over by the... Right between the Dave and Buster's and the the in the indoor play place. Um, wow, Zelda, you're just really honking up a storm over here. It's like I'm living with a goose. Um, but uh, yeah, we get that cool scene where he, you know, Maul has set out a bunch of like little probe droids, and he finds out where they are. They're already running back towards the ship. Anakin and Qui Gon <laughs> at this point. Which is like, why are they running? Because Anakin's like, slow down, I'm tired. And and he's like, <laughs> drop. Because he almost... Anakin, his head down! <laughs> That's the only Qui-Gon I have. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a short but sweet fight with which uh, Qui-Gon uh, jumps away from. And he is out of breath. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fucking... Calisthenics and cardio are not in the Jedi Order's uh, fucking uh, rule books, I guess. Because he's just like, <gasps> yeah, like a, it was a pretty short fight, and he's super out of breath. But um, yeah, it, I mean, I loved how it went, just because it was so much more visceral than you know we got in the uh, original trilogy. That I was like, oh shit, that mall guy knows knows what he's doing. Yeah, um, that part is uh, good, but then we go uh, into this weird stilted um, scene on the on the the, the royal cruiser where uh, Padme has a she really doesn't know 
uh, Anakin at all, except for a little bit they they met before. And she's like, well, when we get to Naboo, or when we get to Coruscant, you know, my caring for you shall remain, even though things will be different. And it's like, it's too soon, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't, I know this I mean, kid's lonely, but... Um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, they're, it's weird, especially when you know like Jake Lloyd's like seven years old at this time or eight years old when recording this and Natalie Portman's literally like a high school senior. Um, and they're like, yeah, I care for you too and all this shit. And so this scene always bugged me because they left the kid just in the fucking like mess hall. They're like, okay, yeah. Anakin, later, go sleep the with corner. the fucking Gungan on the... Yeah, sleep in the corner. No blanket. Like, nothing. Now you know where all those other fucking pirate, uh, pilots were, because they were all in the <laughs> nice warm corners. Like, I'm not giving up my fucking room. What are you talking about? Yeah. That kid could sleep on the fucking couch. We got a kid here. Yeah. Well, um, fuck him. He's the one that got us off the planet. I don't give a shit. Does he know how to fly this ship? Yeah, actually. Well, no, I'm still <laughs> staying in this room. Fuck you. Later. Yeah, it's a it's a weird. I mean, look the 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 whole Anakin Padme love whatever you want to call this thing is is never been believable, and this doesn't help. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Jake Lloyd was just a young kid. What's he going to do to try to carry on that? There's going to be something more with these two characters. Um, no, that's not going to ever come off right. It's just, it's so weird. It's creepy, actually. I was like, they yeah. care for each other. Think... This feels gross. Yes. I mean, if you think about it, like, if she does care for him, it's definitely in sort of like a babysitter, caretaker sort of way. And having that evolve into a romantic sort of love just does not feel right. Yeah, it just feels, it just feels awkward. Always has. Drop! This romance, seriously, drop this romance. Please, it's really weird. Um, no, no one likes it. No one. But uh, that's just that's that's just a a uh, a weird cold wooden scene uh, to prepare us for the cold metal city we're about to see uh, in Coruscant. The <laughs> which Rick Olay uh, decides to remind us that uh, uh, the whole planet's a city. Thanks, Rick Olay. We couldn't see it from the the entire establishing shot that made that very clear. And that's the last time we'll see you. So later, Rick. <laughs> you. Congratulations, Rick. You've done nothing. I mean, I I think he shows up a little bit later to to do nothing. As a Nabooian, Nabooian uh, fighter pilot, but um, uh, yeah, maybe he says something like, "We, it's not one of our ships, or yep. our our ships can't guy? do that." Who's that guy? <laughs> okay, yep. Yeah, just to kind of fly around and and get shot at uh, later. Um, at this point, the movie really pumps the brakes. They felt like, "Whoa, you guys are going way too fast." Um, it's it's done a lot of. Up until this point, they've talked a lot about the suffering of the Naboo people, but we see none of it. Uh, there's no indication how the the Boobian, the Boobians are uh, are suffering, except for Co Bibble 
his pained face. Yeah, this this <laughs> really thing. tells us. The death toll is catastrophic. No, it's not. Yeah. No. I mean, that's supposedly some sort of trick anyway, but um uh, but uh, at the same time, it, it like we never there's nothing that that clues us in on this happening. And every time we show Naboo, it looks fine. Like everything looks peaceful and calm. No one's putting up any resistance. It seems like everything is going fine. But there is constant talk about like the suffering and dying of people. But man, I don't want to see scenes of people suffering. But I would have what I would have wouldn't have given for just one sort of establishing shot to make me emotionally connect with the plate. I would have killed for that. I would have killed so many Nabubians. Just give us something that makes us feel like. We, we understand her plight. Yeah, I mean, I get it. She ran away. All the shit. But yeah, give us something. Give us something. In, instead, we get a fucking, you know, um, Terrence Stamp. Terrence and, Stamp is cool as as Chancellor Valorum. Um, but then we get a, like a, just a lot of like procedure and... Uh, like senatorial business a lot of like oh you know you could do this but that will have to go to a committee and can we uh create a fact-finding um mission to verify the validity of your claims about um uh, about your planet not to like totally setting aside the aside the fact that chancellor valorum personally sent jedi to the situation to de-escalate it and uh yet has has no desire to to uh believe them in the senate even though i guess according to sheev palpatine (laughs) palpatine's first name sheev uh according to sheev he uh you know it's because he's been paid off by the the trade federation but we never know if that's true or if that's just something Palpatine is just uh, saying to get his way. No, if he was to sit there and say, yeah, I sent them. It, actually, you know, it's funny. If he would have done that, maybe that would have looked like an overstep of his abilities, right? Without actually going through the proper channels and they could have got rid of him that way. And that would have been a lot more to your political intrigue versus just him sitting and be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, like... Instead of him being like, hey, okay, fine. I, like, here's your objection. Here's the objection of a whole other trade federation that you're in, impugning with your um, with your accusations. Will you accept just a, a committee to go out there and just make sure everything's as you say? And they're like, no, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. Yeah, get, get out. It's like, oh, all right. And then, well, uh, Mr. Palpatine over there is like, uh, I can take over. Yeah, he just gets elected. Uh, luckily for Palpatine, that worked out, huh? Um, I'm sure he, he had some back uh, behind the scenes uh, uh, things going on to make sure that that worked out. But um, I yeah, mean, this I- is the the place with the reveal, too. We know that's not the the reveal is later on Naboo. That's 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 right. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, look, I do enjoy uh, one Queen Amidala line. That's this one. I was not elected to watch my people suffer and die while you discuss this invasion in a committee. Yeah. I, I like mean, that I line. Like it, I but... mean, you don't see it, but I like it. Yeah, I mean, like that whole scene where she she calls for a vote of no confidence. It's a confidence is meant to be have tons of gravitas in it. Um, but whatever direction she's getting, however she's been told to deliver it, it just is delivered in such a flat, unaffected way that that the the how everyone is reacting to everything she says is confusing based on how she is saying it. Well, I think you could, I, I, I could see that point. I think of it more along the lines of that whenever you see her talking in her queen-like persona, it is ve- that is like her air of calm, is that very kind of monotone, uh, deep voice. Funny well, Can fact. I tell you some, go ahead, you have a fun fact, you say your fun it. fact first. Well, my funny fact is that her voice was digitally altered to be lower um, <laughs> to do that. So when she's like, the watch my people die in the committee, it's because they actually <laughs> tweaked her voice. Anyway, my fun little thing. There you go. Well, that's a very fun fact. Um, actually, anytime my... she talks as the queen, they do that. That That is, I guess that's not too surprising. But uh, mine is that originally in Attack of the Clones the uh the movie that follows this one uh, we were going to find out from jar jar binks that there was something called a diplo dialect which is a way that diplomats and politicians speak so there was supposed to be a scene in uh in attack of the clones where uh jar jar binks would have shown up and been like hello uh, good to meet you all. I mean, uh, me so happy to meet you. Like, where he sort of uh, reveals that he's been practicing this this Diplo dialogue, and it would sort of also feed into the the wooden um, performance of the Queen. I'm glad they cut that. It's not needed. Like, yeah, it's not, but it would have been fun. I mean, I guess fun is an, uh, just another thing to be annoyed about. I don't mind because I, I like, the, I guess I really like the echo reverb that happens in the Senate Hall and like the very sternness that is there. But yeah, I guess I can see there is a bit of woodness to it as well. Yeah, it just I'll doesn't seem like what, whatever they're trying to pull off. I don't know. It's just not, it's not showing up properly on the, the screen. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, she's given her her best shot. Um, but as we said, everything moves very fast. It feels like they're there for a total of two hours. And in the, in the span of two hours, the, uh, the current Supreme Tran- Chancellor, uh, is voted out of office after Queen Amidala tr- triggers a vote of no confidence. And, um, Sheev Palpatine is elected, or at least nominated. Nominated. Bell Organa was the other one. Mm-hmm. And someone wink, from Malastare. Yeah. Who, uh, fucking, I, I, I want to say fucking Wedge's dad or some shit like that, because every uh, galaxy far, far away is really, really small or something. Yeah, galaxy 
Yeah, I think it's Antilles, in fact. But I don't know if it's supposed to be Wedge's dad or grandfather or whoever the fuck it's supposed to be. But anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. But all that crap happens, and uh, we get the the Senate chamber, which it sounds like you like. I don't. I too many repeats. No, 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 elements. no. I like her line. I don't like much else of it, but yeah. I like her line. I, I think <laughs> the floating Senate boxes are an interesting idea hey just imagine Um, a senate where one person can instill a vote of no confidence on their uh uh, supreme chancellor and actually get results that's all i'm saying well you know the et's voted for it they are et's the et race uh hates democracy good Um, for them but but chief palpatine does i love democracy um but, uh, yeah, so they decide on having a new uh, chancellor. Meanwhile's chancellor, chancellor, meanwhile, <laughs> at the Jedi Temple, um, after hearing about the Sith, they're like, yeah, we'll get to this tomorrow. Um, but also, they decide not to train Anakin, or at least not initially, um, even though everyone's like, yeah, he's the one for the prophecy, but he's too old. So, you snooze, you lose, chump. I sense much fear in you. That's why he didn't do it. Yep. Yeah, like, yeah, Even though he passed the cool Ghostbusters test, where he could tell which image they had on their little, their little iPad they were holding up. See Yaddle or Yaddle, and yeah. then we got to see hashtag Mason. justice for uh, Yaddle. Speaking of that show, we dare not mention. You know, the uh, fucking Mace Windu, and he was cool. We will. We will. May the force be with you. <laughs> okay, what the, are you doing here? That was this, <laughs> this one. May the force be with you. That was from the little toy. See? The little from toy we talked Sam about. Sam Jackson's toy? Yeah, the little little sound clip that you'd put on the Schick Razor. Wow. It doesn't sound anything like him. Listen to it. I think it sounds perfectly like him. Listen. May the force be with you. Motherfucker. See? (laughs) See? Are you sure that's not the late, great Stephen Hawking? No, no, no. Listen, listen. Listen close. May the force be with you. Motherfucker. Yeah. See? (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) It's Sam. I almost lost that. I almost missed that last part, but that's very, that's crucial to knowing it's him. It's like the force. Um, Do you learn it, motherfucker? <laughs> That's. I mean, I think Sam Jackson does the absolute best he possibly can. What with what he is given, um, I just don't know what, why you hire a Sam Jackson for this role. Well, you go to don't utilize go, him at all. Well, no, he got the direction to go to Home Depot and look at a pile of wood. And then act like a pile of wood. You 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 want to talk about like wooden performances? Like he's very monk esque, monk like. Okay, you say monk, I say just. You think he's going to be balanced to the force? Sorry, I put yeah. too much character in that. No, that <laughs> shit is wooden. It's stiff. You well, know. George Lucas is sort of notoriously known uh, for kind of uh, not doing a lot of takes, just kind of 
he he believes that the story and the visuals will carry you through and the the performances are not um key or or they're not king i should say well i okay i just want you the picture world where mace windu is not played by samuel jackson but instead it's played by tupac shakur wow because it literally could have been tupac shakur why not wow talk about a if only yeah if only i mean he died a few years beforehand but he apparently was a big star wars fan was trying to get his people in touch with George Lucas's people to star in a Star Wars movie. Right? He was doing acting at that point anyway. So just picture Mace Windu. But Tupac Shakur. He could have really brought something to it. That would have been great. Fucking. Oh, shit. I like this movie it's already. Yeah. Damn shame. <laughs> it's a damn shame. Um, so we're going back to Naboo. Um, we spent enough time at the Senate and uh, stuff. The Queen's got to go back. The Jedi are going to go back. Everyone is going to go back. Rick Ole is going to go back. Uh, all your favorites are back to Naboo. Um, where their plan sucks. What, you mean going to uh, find the Gungans, then get the Gungans mm-hmm. to... Um, Sacrifice their lives to <laughs> rescue the Namubians. Yeah. Um, by having a, a, a mass group, a pretty large group with impenetrable force fields, go out into the uh, uh, open, wide open fields. While the, the very cla- <laughs> Naboo is very famous for being mostly lawn. Yeah. Yeah, that's the battlefield of Livermore. Um, <laughs> a little California joke for all you out there. That's what they used. There's a lot of grassy hills. They took it. You know, that's what they did. They just took yeah. fucking shots of Livermore, CG that son of a bitch up, slapped it sideways, and called it Naboo. Anyway, so they they sent them out there, and then a small crack group of uh, the Queen, the two Jedi's, pretty much every, everyone who's useful went to the palace. So the humans rescue the humans, and the Jar Jars and the Gungans sacrifice their lives for the humans. That plan? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Not a great one. I mean, great for the humans, I guess. They suffer no casualties. <laughs> yeah. All, and all they... we got is all we got was this. You said people gonna die? No, no. <laughs> it's yours of people gonna die, Jar Jar. You're some you know, people. The when they were on Coruscant, they there is one good scene with uh Jar Jar and Amadala where Jar Jar sort of it's the only time in the entire movie where he just is calm and is speaking to her in a straight faced sort of uh serious way. You know, saying, you know, uh, Gungans have a big army, and that's he thinks that that that's why the Naboo don't like them. And it's a very sort of earnest performance. I wish we got more of that Jar Jar in the movie. Um, but that's what gets her the idea to to do this plan. And of course, she is still taking advantage of the of the Gungans um, because, as you said, they they 
shoulder the burden. They find them. Jar Jar is. Jar Jar has no problem, A, checking out Gungan City, um, finding it's deserted, and then also just leading them, a bunch of outsiders, to the Gungan secret, sacred place. The, the place they go to as a last resort when things are bad. Um, and he totally gives that away. Yeah, fucking without missing a beat. And then we get the fucking big reveal. Don't please don't forget the big reveal where, you know, Kira Portman was about to say, you know, beg them to join, but then fucking uh, the real Queen Amidala stood up, walked forward, and was like, I beg you, I beseech you, you gonna die for us now, right? I mean, you're going to help <laughs> us out now, right? And then, Yeah, um, I mean, how does that convince him? She's like, I was... I was lying to you before, but now I am not. I think this is was, where the lies end. <laughs> I think I literally, literally, Boss Nass at one point was insulted by like someone from Naboo, you know, just some regular, and he just took that slight and he's like, "We're not helping at all." In fact, one Pisa day I can't wait to says, "My hat looks like a turd." <laughs> <laughs> Misa don't like this. Wouldn't it have been better if he's like, Misa don't like this. Dive! <laughs> dive! Birdman, dive! Dive! Gungans, dive! It still works. Might as well. Might as well in, the, in this situation. Yeah. Fucking, oh man, so bad. But, um, I mean... She conned him into doing it, so good for her. Yeah, and so the the Gungans are off to die. Uh, that scene you mentioned earlier with the the Gungans coming out of the mist is incredible, but it makes no sense because when they cut to the wide shot of the entire Gungan army uh, forming up, you can't see a single place where that would have been. Like, yeah. where's the transition between this, like, misty swamp to these rolling, featureless hills, which, um, even at the time, felt so barren and, and without, like, um, any landmarks. It it just feels like Naboo is anywhere USA. It's just the some, some planet USA. <laughs> yeah. Our rolling hills are large trees sometimes waterfalls yeah a Jungle very fucking deep lake swamp uh palace marble uh blue Stone. sky yeah no i i mean naboo is beautiful but it, it i mean a lot of it feels like okay in this shot this is what this looks like but without any of that connective tissue and yeah, this whole scene is probably like the one that looks it's weird. There are parts in it that look really good where the CG still holds up. Like when Jar Jar is grabbed by the one battle droid and he's like kicking it around with his foot and mm-hmm. it's bouncing. That still seems to look really good to me, but everything else, like when you look up at skyline and everything else, it looks like the fakest of the fake. 
Oh yeah. Um, when they come when they're riding that Gungan vehicle through the planet core and they come out on the other side uh in feed on the Naboo, um it looks just like a collage. Someone took a bunch of like a that like a thousand different pictures of Italy and just kludged them together into this very weird uh composited frame. But yeah, this too. I mean, there's plenty of parts that are just the CG. The CG in particular is weird uh, because a lot of it doesn't hold up. And then you have Yoda, who was added later to replace that horrid puppet that they initially had, that they have effectively erased from existence. Um, and he looks like five years ahead of everyone else because uh, he was uh, in terms of effects. So... Well, Here's they got rid of that stupid pig nose Yoda, yeah. <laughs> Why do the Gungans' special place have, like, humanoid head sculptures on it? Good question. Um, yeah. It just wanna... feels like Thailand or something. I don't know. It's... Um... That's... Yeah. Because it probably was. You know, like everything, they were like, sure. let's cobble everything together. It's like, oh, you know what I really love when I went to Thailand? That giant Buddha statue, you know, that's huge. It takes up all that space. I think we should do a giant head that kind of looks like that Buddha, put it in the corner, and that's their special place. I would have loved any sort of history there, uh, except for what is implied that they don't really get along. But nothing nothing really is explained. Um but, uh, so Sidious has dispatched Darth Maul, here played by two people. One, the, the, the physicality and the stunts are by Ray Park. Yep. And the voice is Peter Serafinowitz. Um, this is his one and only time doing the voice. And from here on out, it is played by somebody else whose name is escaping me at the moment. Do you remember his name? Oh, um, Sam, Sam Whitwer, Whitwer, yes, yeah, Sam Whitwer, um, the star of the Force Unleashed, uh, video games. Yep, and he's um, also the voice. The... Go ahead, yeah. you you have you have his whole benefits. Go ahead. I don't know. This was all off the dome. What else did he do? What else does he do? Well, he's the voice of the Emperor in the Clone right. Wars and in the cart and in the video games. Right. So really talented dude but uh Darth Maul sounds very different in this movie very proper very cool I like Peter Serafinowicz so I'm I'm sad he didn't do any more I think I mean they're both I mean honestly I think they're both similar enough as it goes you know Maul Maul only had really his you know at last we will have our revenge or at last we reveal ourselves to the Jedi for some reason. Mm-hmm. At last we'll have our revenge versus just stabbing all the fucking Jedis in the back or whatever. Whatever. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. Just reveal then, yourself first. Part you know, the kimono, as they say. Yeah. And then he had his whole, like, you know, the the Sith Creed or something that was said, but then, like, never actually put into the movie. Um, And I think, honestly, Whitwer has made Darth Maul so much more. Um, well, to be fair, he had he had more time and space to to sort of flesh out the character. So and he's, he had inspiration. Like, I mean, it it's not like Maul's voice doesn't have that 
tinge of what, uh, you know, uh, the original dude did. Um, yeah. Know, I mean, Whitworth has definitely made it more manic, which uh, I think is good. Um, but uh, let's talk real quick. So the our heroes are setting up this plan, and we briefly cut to a scene of Maul and uh, Newt Gunray uh, walking through the halls and they're talking to a holographic projection of uh, Sidious or uh, Palpatine spoiler alert um, but it the projector that he is being projected from is walking and so they have this really bizarre sort of like uh, rocking back and forth it looks worse now than uh, than it did uh, back then yeah it's a weird um that's just it's all weird like I guess it was important enough for them to have to go somewhere but they weren't moving in a pace that would really benefit anyone so it feels like that could have been very stationary especially yeah. the like what they could just what they have like them not rock around yeah, but like when you know Darth Sidious is all trying to do this, wipe them out, all of them. It's hard to take that serious when you're rocking back and forth, <laughs> walking backwards, while everyone's kind of following you down the hallway. A little whack. Why are you guys snickering? Well, do you no have reason. me on one of those walking Paulo projectors again? I look ridiculous. No. 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 Don't look down though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's... I forgot to wear pants. It's a great line in the trailer. Uh, yeah. In context, uh, it's a little bit toothless because uh, we haven't seen anyone sort of wipe out anyone in this uh, in this this movie yet. Um, but let's not forget that um, Jar Jar Binks was promoted to a general <laughs> in this sequence. Boss Nass has a really great. I'm just doing Watto for a second. <laughs> Let's see. What's my reset word for Boss Nass? Uh, Misa. Yeah. <laughs> great at decisions. Yeah, I mean, fucking like this. Jar Jar is the proving you the case that you can fail upwards. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I I think this this plan is a real roller coaster because it uh, starts off it seems like it's gonna fail and then it eventually succeeds by use of a lot of like weird moon logicy sort of coincidences that kind of like run together. Um, I do not like the. Gungans weapons, those uh, the Boomas or whatever they're called. I'm. I mean, it's really weird. They're all. It's all weird. The fact that it's just like you have these giant shield generators that you know seem pretty fucking beefy that you can put on the backs of these giant fucking animals. Then you use a stick to huck a ball of explosive, uh, explosive ball at somebody. Right? I think you guys could have had a blaster. It it, it feels unnecessary. 
Yeah, it the whole the whole uh, like it just looks like they're sort of slinging rocks, and the, the the whole aesthetic of it is bizarre. Considering they have these uh, these advanced underwater vehicles and underwater cities and a lot of technology. Yeah, there's um, no reason why they couldn't just shoot something. I mean, the force little walking force fields would have been cool. They could have had something go on with that, or um, yeah. It looks like they have like almost a, a Spartan phalanx thing going on with their like the shield gener like the personal shield generators, but then they just kind of throw water balloons, uh, deadly water balloons, basically. Um, and imagine if they would have, imagine if they would have uh, just launched those things. They would have won that uh, battle in in short order. It seems like. Uh, imagine when they were doing this, that two of the fighters just broke off and just i don't know fucking strafed the 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 battle droids battle line right they have no anti air uh just throw one of those Nabooian fighters in there. I think that you you air superiority you win the day yeah you do Rick Ollie he's doing bull cool shit, and then I don't know if they would have had something that could launch one of those balls when the battle droids are coming out of the de- troop deployment. I don't know about you, but that seems like a really crappy way to deploy troops in the middle of a... <laughs> so slowly. Yeah, like, hold on! It's all Wait. dramatic effect. So this is the finale of the movie. is all wrapping up. We're gonna cut between the three sort of separate uh, action set pieces that are happening at this point. The space battle with, uh, including Anakin, who sort of accidentally <laughs> flies into space. Um, uh, he was left in a cockpit of a ship by the his his uh his just stellar new caretakers who who take him, uh who could have easily left him on a Coruscant in the care of somebody who was a professional, but no, instead of uh, took him to an active war zone, um, and he sort of just uh stumbles his way into space, and uh meanwhile. On the ground, we have two different teams. The the, the two Jedi who uh, are confronting the Sith, which is really what they're here to do anyway. And uh, and the, the Queen's strike force that uh, really just lays waste to the, the remaining uh, droid forces, including a couple of tanks, which they take out quite easily with their cool little uh, speeders with guns on the back. <laughs> Yeah, where the fuck were those that helped them help the help the Gungans? Yeah. Those guys but, those were really effective, but not a single one out on the battlefield. Um and uh all these sequences are are pretty interesting. The the fights in the palace I think are cool. I like the I like the, the Naboo guards uh, ascension guns stupidest uh, damn thing on the planet i'm sorry <laughs> i'm fucking sorry looks no nah, i mean they they look dumb when they use it like yeah. they're all like wide stanced <laughs> zipping up i just like the fact that they have gadgets i don't like anything else about them really um and it seems very convenient to have something like that where it doesn't seem you can't imagine where how else they use them unless they're constantly having to do this in Naboo. Like, there's no elevators, so they're like, hold <laughs> yeah. on, I gotta get up to the fourth floor. Ascension guns! You got it. <laughs> um, so whack. 
And they they really make out like a bandit compared to the Gungans who, uh, while you know the the forces in space do suffer several ca- casualties, um, the Strike Force team makes out like a bandit, especially compared to the Gungans who, the few times they cut back to the the um, the battle for Lawn Mountain. Um, they, uh, they definitely, there's a lot of dead bodies. Yeah, Gungans got fucked on this end of the deal. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think it was too easy. I think, uh, Oh, yeah, everything goes off of that hitch. Yeah, I had it way too easy. And then it was just like, there was so much more forethought, you know, like, when they get captured, and then like her throne just happens to have a couple of guns in it, you just go like, "What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> right. where was where was this when they were when they were coming down? Why weren't you fighting back? Why don't you have a standing army? Like, it, explain yourself. Why why do you need to pack heat in your throne? It'd be like you coming into my office and I had a you know I was sitting on a three fifty seven. Yeah, exactly. I just got it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just just so weird, so weird. But I mean, look, the bullshit happening in space where Anakin's just like, you know, try turning that or like, you know, loop de loops that always works or whatever bullshit he says. That's bullshit. And what she's doing is bullshit. We all know why we're here. It's just watch yes. Jedi's fight Jedi's. That's it. <laughs> yes. And I think that's, I mean, yeah. The other stuff is too easy. You're right. Um, everything is too easy. Anakin destroys the, the droid control ship uh, by accident. Uh, the queen looks for a moment like she is she is being uh, captured or she's in danger. Her plan has failed. No, this is the plan all along. She has a decoy. Of course, she always has a decoy. Um, and, and it is able to, to talk, time to negotiate a new treaty. Again, they're just bringing the politics bullshit back into the, in the what fray. What fucking but treaty? Get the fuck off my planet. I had to execute his ass right there for crimes against the Naboo. Yeah. Beans. <laughs> so, um, but what we're here for is Duel of the Fates. Duel, 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 duel of the Fates. Duel, Sorry, duel, so duel, duel, duel of the fates. Here I, it comes. It's a duel uh, of the fates. I apologize for the triple music. Apparently, the shortcut that I set for it is not a shortcut at all. So I, I'll just have to keep it real close. <laughs> so it's just like, all right, that time it worked. Fuck you, goddamn. <laughs> Damn you, voice bod. Um. Kind of sounds like it's saying "shut up." <laughs> yeah, close enough. Anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it's an incredible fight. Uh, I don't like I don't much like the the set the uh, the Naboo uh, giant beam factory or whatever. Yeah, whatever this, it's doing. This there. giant chamber is supposed to be um, the way they do the the bloom on these like energy beams, kind of looks corny i think it did then uh especially does now but um uh a really great fight and uh ewan mcgregor i think everyone can agree 
whether or not you like this uh, series, you can agree that um, Ewan McGregor is the heart of it. Mm, sure. He is, I'm kidding. He's I'm kidding. really, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> he's really it's, giving it a thousand percent. He knows the kind of movie he's in, and he plays it that way. And he is just such a delightful part of these movies. And every time he's on the screen, you're like, oh, I can relax. This, is, this part's going to be pretty good. And uh, that's true here, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like, Liam Neeson does his best. I love the backhand. It, that That's so raw. I was like, yeah, slap the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when he gets taken out like a chump... I was just like, you old man, you don't know how to fight. And then the, the he does whole... look tired. You know, that, that that's oh. a kind of something that they've carried through these fights. And he looks exhausted. When they run into that room of those those closing laser doors. For some reason, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the plot device room. Yeah. Um, and he's like meditating. He looks exhausted. I think when I was originally seeing it at that moment, I was like... Uh oh. <laughs> I thought he was good. I thought he was going into battle meditation. That's always one of my favorite abilities from the yeah. West End games where he's just all like I was like, Oh shit, he's getting ready to go. But he, he got taken out like a chump. Like Yeah. But it does allow Ewan McGregor to do this the his sort of un or sort of like barely controlled rage as he is just stuck behind this uh laser door is so palpable and tense it creates like as you see Qui-Gon sort of being outmatched by this Sith and uh you know Obi-Wan sort of basically pawing at the door (laughs) trying to get through uh it's so it it, it ratchets up the tension in such a way that is uh, super effective and then him being sort of like letting the rage take over a little bit and seething at Maul from behind that that uh, that barrier is is just a really powerful moment and it still works really well I think. Yeah, well, it's a very kinetic, like frenetic uh, energy between them two, especially when he gets out there and then they both just fight and go back and forth, full body yeah, that shot fight is incredible. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. You know, like the back and forth. As you can see, these two younger guys are just like, like you said, he's giving it his all. They're just going at it. And I was really happy to see how they shot it because it wasn't like, you know, like Revenge of the Sith where they're so up close to each other, you don't even know what's going on in in parts of that fight. Um, This one was just like, pop, 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 the back and forth. And, um, also shows how like talented Ray Park is, especially oh, yeah. with like when he gets his lightsaber cut in half and he does like this whole little like two step back thing where he block it, it. It's a fun fight. It's probably one of my favorite fights out of the uh, whole shit, the whole movie series. Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, especially I love his sort of like as he is staring at Obi-Wan while they, you know, they're behind they're separated by this barrier 
and he just looks completely confident and cool and he's just sort of looking at like who the hell are you think who the hell do you think you are um and it so it makes it makes it so awesome when obi-wan explodes from behind that barrier and just like goes at him with everything he's got and you can tell he's like a little outmatched but his like raw strength and anger in this moment is really giving him a uh, an advantage. The only thing I don't really like is how they wrap this fight up. Um, it's, I mean, it's cheap. It's, it's a, cheap. He is completely exposed when he jumps in front of Maul, who has a lit lightsaber in his hands and lightning reflexes, we already know. And the high ground. And the high ground, exactly. He doesn't even take his own advice. But he's able to flip in front of him, over him, and then cut him in half. And it really just looks like Maul kind of lets it happen. Yeah, maybe he was gassy, or had a cramp, or was so shocked, he's like, <gasps> What? I can't can believe you did this. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a cop-out. Because um, it almost feels like you would have rathered, like, Obi-Wan go to the dark side or do something or like fucking turn on that lightsaber and just <laughs> swoop it through the dude's body but he's like no I have to kill him you know one to one or one on one and um do it that way yeah it, it's a little chunky it's a little clunky um also it just seems like even with the force that would be almost physically impossible <laughs> yeah he really he really launches himself up there um and that's it for Maul. He gets cut in half and, and flies uh, flies down the, the shaft. And of course, when someone gets cut in half like that, they just don't come back. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of alien you are. There's really no justification that makes sense. Hmm? What's that? Sorry. Yeah, he, I'm he getting... came, he, yeah, he comes back. I'm getting... Oh, oh, I see. Yeah, oh. they bring him back. I, I remember, I remember oh, okay. when, when they said they were going, they were like, yeah, Darth Maul's coming back. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, Darth, his, Darth his brother finds him. And you're like, wait, Darth Maul has a brother? And I'm like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And how? He, he's, I was he's like, half. he's cut in half and fell down a long-ass no, tube. His hatred gave him spider robot legs. So Yeah, he, he took all the, the, the junk from the, the, the destroyed droids and he fused himself a spider body. Yeah. Oh, really? The Force could do that now. Sure. Well, he did it. Darth Maul did. Yeah, he just used his metachlorians and and you and you son of a you sons of uh, sons of guns out there have a problem with uh, with the Emperor coming back, but Darth Maul being cut in half and having hatred legs—that's no big deal. <laughs> hatred spider legs. Yeah, that's that's a okay, but and his horns grow. So, <laughs> their horns keep growing, so that means when Darth Maul gets a haircut, he just shaves down his horns. Yeah. Gotta take a file to that, uh, to that business. So, uh, yeah, all your favorites are dead. Um, but uh, I, love, <laughs> so I love how Yoda shows up, and it's just like, uh, no, you don't get to train him. You don't get anybody... Uh, you don't get, you, you don't get to decide that stuff. Uh, but also, yeah, you do. Just kidding. The council agrees with you. I just want to bust your chops. 
Well, Yoda was mad. Like, he he was literally, he was angry as fuck. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, like, that Qui-Gon is a bad influence. Uh, but then he's like, yeah, but yeah, they agree with you. I was just busting chops. You you can train him. Yeah, then we get a funeral for Qui-Gon. Indeed, yes. Only, only Qui-Gon. Goodbye, Gon, to Qui-Gon. <laughs> And we get a lot of real cheesy expositionary, uh, like uh, expository camera work. Um, as always, two there are a master and an apprentice. <laughs> That's from right. the trailer, isn't it? Yeah, all the sounds are from the trailer. I just realized that. <laughs> uh, I tell not... me what you think about Yoda's funky strut. It's a bad look. That shot where it shows him walking. I want I I want the puppet back. Yeah, I mean that whole I mean the original puppet they used for that one. I was just like, why did you, why didn't you just make a better version of the Empire one? Like, how did you make him so shiny, greasy, and give him a pig nose? <laughs> he looks completely different. Yeah, like uh, what happened? Like, I hope that doesn't happen to me in like fifty years, where my nose goes from where it is to like. Yeah, you know, like two feet below my lip or something like that. Like I don't understand oh, yeah. how it's descending. The nose will drop. Yeah, I guess. Um I do like the fact that Palpatine was ballsy enough to be at that funeral. He's just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And the, the fact that he's like, I overhear you talking about me. My ears are burning. <laughs> yeah, just like Qui-Gon. <laughs> he's on fire. You Boss Nass shows up. He killed you. Who's <laughs> oh, What if Boss Nass just reached in and just like tore off a bit of Qui Gon because <laughs> he thought it was a roast? Me so like this. <laughs> this a this a feast. He always just turns into Mario from Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's a me, Boss Nass. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we get some some weird expository dialogue, uh, which the the subsequent movies and sort of like uh, um, uh, material has to sort of dance around the fact that there are only two Sith. You know, oh well, there are in this instance, but sometimes not. And but we get um, we get that great camera work where it's just like always two there are you know uh the master and the apprentice uh but which one was maul and it pans over to palpatine oh he was the apprentice the master's right here yeah he's 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 peeing in your boots and calling it rain yep. at him. he's just right there and then but um, then we get the best part of the movie Please accept this plasma ball. I got it from Spencer's Gifts. Peace. Yeah, I mean, you did it right. It's it's funny because it's very um, it's super cheery. It ends on a high note. 
you know, fucking Boss Nash lifts up his orb. But then, like, later on, you find out, right, the whole... Where you hear the kids going, oh, right, doing all that shit, is... So right. that, that's, and uh, that's when you, here comes the emperor. That's what it is. It's so dope. That's the fucking, that's the, that's the coolest thing out of this whole damn movie was just like, oh yeah, no, there, there were seeds planted. You just were too busy being mad at it to pay attention. <laughs> Yeah, and so uh, we get you know the the circle wipe to credits, and uh, oh, hold on, and hold that on. exactly. <laughs> so and that's and I went back and saw that five more times after that, if you can believe it. Um, I was just starved for Star Wars, and I wanted more Star Wars, and there it was. And it didn't really matter that it was obviously made for children. Um. And, you know, not for, for teenage me. Uh, well, I didn't realize that at the time. Yeah. Um, it didn't that's take the me. That's key, it, right? Yeah, I didn't. It didn't. That didn't hit me until I was older, where then I was just like, you know what? This wasn't made with me in mind. Like, and I think that is, uh, I don't know. I, I think that's the big part of the uh, Star Wars fandom that always gets lost. Um, where everyone feels great ownership over everything. When it's just like, well, it's not meant for you, dude. So this version yeah. isn't meant everyone, for you. Just... Yeah, exactly. Everyone who is getting together now, everyone on blogs and and everywhere else who has sort of decided what uh, what people should think of the most current Star Wars, you just like ask any kid. Like, they love all this shit. Uh, they love Ray. They love Finn. They love all this, all the fun stuff that's happening in Star Wars. That's their Star Wars. So, uh, you know, we've we've passed it to a new generation, and it's great that new generations get to have new Star Wars. And it's great that there's a whole generation of kids uh, who are now grown up who literally think this movie, which I think objectively is not that good. None of these movies are objectively that good, but. It doesn't matter because that's their Star Wars. And they say, they look at the original trilogy and they say, these movies look old and they're boring. Exactly. And I don't agree, but well, that's okay. they're wrong. I... Right? <laughs> they're, I mean, it's a wrong opinion. But I'm not going to yuck your yum. You love Yoda jumping around like a frog. You love... Uh, C-3PO just going full on five tight five minutes doing all sorts of puns for his stand-up set uh, you love Hayden Christensen being just like doing something I don't know what he's doing but it's something yeah um, being being moody but not like I mean look We'll we'll get into it when we talk about Attack of the Clones at some point, but his motivations are kind of whack. Um, yeah, I mean his. Not to compare it to 
the the most recent sequel trilogy but you see when you see adam driver what he does with uh kylo ren you definitely kind of think back to these movies and you're like oh i wish there was some of that i wish there was some of that in this portrayal yeah kylo ren's arc is more how i would picture uh anakin turning into a darth vader than Mm -hmm. than kind of how he does and i mean this obviously is meant to not to do that. It's meant to introduce us to who they were before all that. And, you know, you know where, where the partnership between Obi-Wan and Anakin started. And, you know, his love interest and that shit. And try to show us things that we haven't seen before. Because, you know, we got a, a different time uh, with the original trilogy. And that's where these movies were what they were they showed us stuff maybe the older fans didn't agree with everything that they showed us but um in the end that's that was the take on it you know it was meant to be cheesy meant to be melodramatic meant to be invocative of that serial age where exposition was king and you know everyone was like kind of turned up to 11 with their characters but not in necessarily a good way um for me, but yeah, to your point, I won't yuck your yum. If you like Jar Jar, more power to you. I tell Ahmed best you like him. Make him feel yeah. better about that, you know? Absolutely, and it's got to feel good for him. To the there's there's so many of the you know the kids that are growing up to be adults that are are really heaping praise over these movies, and you know they're referenced in all sorts of ways uh, by the new uh, canon that Disney is creating. But I mean, there you go. We almost talked for, I mean, before editing, for almost four hours about a movie where we both admit we don't really like all that much. Um, even though it is my favorite of the prequel trilogy, which I guess kind of gives you, a, sets a level for you um, about how I feel about the the other two. Um, but uh, I hope you enjoyed our reminiscing and discussion of Star Wars Episode 1, Attack of the Clones. When I originally uh, thought of this series, I thought we would do one every year at the same time. But then I realized we'll almost be 50 by the time. <laughs> <get to> the, <laughs> like literally. The, um, Rise of the Skywalker. <laughs> um, so uh, I think we'll, we'll do that a little bit differently. I don't think... We'll just we're gonna do them when we do them, and I don't think there will, will be a, a set plan. Sure. Um, and we'll just kind of get there when we get there. Uh, but uh, as I said, I hope you enjoyed it, um, and I hope that you will tune in again next week when we do something else. And uh, for me and John, I want to say as always that I hope you're out there. I hope you're staying happy. I hope you're staying healthy. And we'll see you next week. Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.